BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. can't even i can't even bring myself to do a hump day i'm gonna give you a hump day instead of a hump i can't do it i can't rob, do it welcome in I, everybody if, if i was near you rob i would give you a d-gun special hug that my grandkids love i really would <laughs> um well discombobulated my my hoodie's messed up i'm, I'm having a I'm, I'm on the struggle bus today d-gun uh um, I, I know man oh, i know it hurts bro it hurts yeah but you know that's why yesterday, and I and I loved it. I got off the show and I had to chuckle when we had when we had uh, Anthony Sanfilippo on. Yeah, and I gave you this dissertation about the junkyard dogs, and you and Anthony are sitting there laughing, and then you said, "Anthony, you won't even get to speak this segment." <laughs> I'm trying, and I try to say I've seen too many of these junkyard dog teams in sports over four decades. Yeah, and I watched this team, how they this Arizona team, how they got to this point. Yeah. And two to me, the two biggest turning points, Rob. Yeah. When the Phillies blew that first game in Arizona. Yep. And when Arizona Monday night figured out we can win in Philadelphia. Those yes. were the two big turning points. But yes. I know. I'm, not here to, I'm not here to tell you. I told you so because, Rob, I can tell you in my lifetime, I've had a number of teams that I follow closely break my heart. And I sit and I've sat there with that look on my face just like you did. I took what well, there was a time in my life, Rob, when I was so into the Green Bay Packers and I was. Working in Pittsburgh, working for NBC in Pittsburgh, and I'll never forget this moment. Watching the Packers play the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. They drove, they drove inside the red zone four or five times, fumble, interception, and I'm screaming. And my wife standing behind me chuckles and, and goes, It's only football. And I stood up and said, Point, don't you 
ever talk football to me again. <laughs> and she stood there and laughed at me. I had a headache. I don't get headaches, first of all. Yeah. I had a headache after that loss, and I said, I will never take sports that serious again. Yep. And I haven't. Yeah, no, I mean, I think here's here's the way I view I, – I, what's up, everybody? What's up, uh, Tyler? What's up, Chuck, Sean, Bry Guy, Matthew, Forrest, uh, South Jersey, Kevin, everybody. First of all, the better team won. Let me be really clear about that. I'm not an excuse maker. Uh, Arizona won four of the last five games, That's so right. the better team won. They won the last two games at a place that nobody could win at. Uh, in elimination games, stared down the barrel of of a gun of Nola and Suarez and won. So the better team won. And they came up clutch when they needed to. They played small ball. They did exactly what they had to do, and the Phillies were the polar opposite. So props to Arizona 100%. I don't make excuses. They won, man, and they deserve it. So good for them. Kudos. Um, sports to me is like a wave, Gunner. Yes. And, you, you know, I, I've never surfed in my life, but I can only imagine, like, if you're a surfer. You're out there, and sometimes the waves are oh, it's awesome, man! And you you're you're riding high, or you're in one of those like I don't even know what it's called those like you know those tunnels you're in. Oh yeah, you're yeah, yeah. You're doing your thing, and it's great. And when it's bad, and when your heart's really into it, when you're invested, man, that wave smacks you down, and you're knocked off your board, and you're you're right. thrown all over the place. That's right. And, and that's why, like to me, it's worth it. Because the highs, I mean, think about how much fun we had up until last night, crashed and burned with this Phillies team. Tons, yep. great moments, right? All over the place. Absolutely. The, you know, the downside is you you deal with this kind of stuff. And when that happens, you know, you get kicked down and you dust it off. Like I, I've seen, I would never, ever compare sports to death. It's not that freaking serious, man. Let's no. get real. No. Right. Well, although some people do, though. some people do. That's why I always try and put it in perspective. Like, right. all right, the Phillies lost, but they'll be playing again next year. You lose somebody. They ain't coming back, right? So this is not life and death. It's a bummer. You're down, and it's okay to be to to be down the first couple of days after this because this was a big time collapse. Like if you're when you're in a position, you're up 2-0, and you have leads, Derek, in game three and four. Yep. And you cough them. Even last night, you took a lead. Yeah, when you, you cough it up like that in three, you know, in three situations, it sucks. I, I I can live like let me put it this way. You go back to 2001. Sixers lost to the Lakers. That Sixers team had Allen Iverson and a bunch of really good role players. The Lakers team had Kobe and Shaq and Phil Jackson. And so so they weren't expected to win this. Yeah, you, you, that's great. You, you know, you, you, you gave them a little bit of a, of a series for a minute, and then the Lakers ultimately flexed and you lost. And that, yeah, you're bummed. You wanted your team to win it, but you understand that. This is a situation where I feel like on paper, on paper, not obviously the, the best team won, but on paper the Phillies were better. And I think the Phillies – lost it more than the Diamondbacks won it. What I mean by that is chasing awful pitches. Like you knew it was coming to Turner and Castellanos and they still bit on the cheese, right? They still took the cheese. Um, not having the ability to advance a runner, no sack flies, you know, the, all the, the stolen bases, what Arizona hadn't done the whole series. They did the last two games. They figured something out against the Phillies and they beat them and they're, and they're, they're they deserve it, but it was really highly disappointing effort from the Phillies. Arizona beat them at one aspect of their game. I didn't think they would, and that's stolen bases. Arizona had one stolen base in the first five games. Yep, They had eight in the last two. Mm-hmm. They manufactured runs. They're not a heavy-hitting team. They single you and double you to death. They just nitpick you. It's like, it's like that junkyard dog. He's always snipping at your heel. You can kick him away from you. Get away from me. You can right. kick him away from you for so long, and all of a sudden he latches on to your Achilles. 
and he won't <laughs> let go. And that's what he did. I, You know what? You look at how this Arizona team is assembled. The biggest, the biggest players are 22, 23. Evan Longoria is 37. Yeah. He, couldn't the, he couldn't hit the ocean the whole series. Christian Walker, Philadelphia area native, came up small more times than not. Right. But it's the young Thompson, Marte. These are the guys that constantly were taking it to the Phillies' yep. best pitchers. Yes. Yes. When they, when they came out, when they came out last night and took that early one nothing lead, that should, this team, this team ain't afraid. They're not afraid. They don't care. Yeah. They're not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. That's their whole battle cry. The entire play. You took down two division winners, five zero, and you stood toe to toe against the team that was a runner up in the World Series last year, the fourth highest payroll in baseball. Just think yeah. about this: the fourth highest payroll in baseball lost the seven game series to the twenty first highest payroll in major leagues. Yep. And the biggest acquisition for Arizona before the trade deadline was getting their closer. Yeah, big, big time move. Yep, big time move. Yep. And I look at the closer. When we think closers in today's baseball, we're thinking about a guy who can hum it. 99, 100. This dude's fastball is 92, 93, but his off-speed stuff is so impeccable. Wicked, wicked. Yep. Just nasty off-speed stuff. I tell you what, when I look back over every game that the Phillies played, and I'm talking regular season, postseason, the most putrid at-bat scenario, I would say, for this entire season was what the Phillies did in the bottom of the eighth. When Bohm, Stott, oh. Real Muto went up, all struck out swinging on pitches so far out of the strike zone, Stevie Wonder could have seen it. Derek, they were I, – I, my buddy texted me right after that, and I texted him back. I said – give up type of at bats that you see in mid July in during the dog days when teams just want to be out of there. That's exact. That, that was a signal that we're done. We're cooked. It's over. I agree with like, there were some really bad. The, the fourth inning was bad. The seventh inning was bad, but the futility of the eighth where they were just almost like give up at bats was a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. Harper makes a bad throw to second on, on what should have been a routine throw. Yep. Everything that this team yep. did, bro, this, this, I, I just can't get over this. Thing. And I put these together. The, the Phillies in the last two games, Schwarber, Turner, Harper. Yep. One for 21. One Harper went 0 for 8. Yeah. Turner. Yep. Turner went 0 for 8. Yeah. Schwarber goes 1 for 5 with a couple of walks. Your big money boppers between Turner and Harper, you have over three hundred fifty million invested alone. I agree. Look, I, Derek, there were so many of these. So after Castellanos hits the home run in Game One, right? Zero for twenty three with eleven strikeouts after. Oh that. my goodness! Phillies had zero hits in their last seventeen plate appearances last night. Um, Turner, Harper, games three through seven were four for thirty five. Oh. Oh, geez. They go one for 10 with runners in scoring position last night. I'll give you, I'll go one, one step further. First eight games of the postseason, Phillies go seven and one. As a team, they hit 284. Yep. 284 yep. as a team is insane. Okay. Yep. yep. Out, out score the opponent 46 to 13, out homer the opponent 19 to 14, and have a 139 ERA. That's about as dominant as dominant gets, right? Last five games, they end up going one and four with a 172 average, five total home runs, 
outscored 18 to 15 and a 368 ERA. Now, yeah, we, we can slice this any way we want, but their big boys came up small in the biggest of spot when you needed yeah. them the most. Turner was Turner reverted back to pre-standing ovation Turner. He was freaking awful yes. the last couple of games. Castellanos went back to whatever that guy was last year who was chasing garbage everywhere, low and away. You knew exactly how to get him out. He went right back into that mode. Harper, I'll give him props. He missed a couple by inches, a couple warning track flies. That's why I can't kill him as much. But still, he didn't deliver. Um, yeah, yeah, and 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 you know the manager being stubborn. Like after game three, there is absolutely unequivocally no way that Craig Kimbrell gets a sniff in a nope. big spot. Game four, he's no. on. Ice after game three, as far as I'm concerned. And he puts him in there in game four and he pisses away the yep. lead in game four. Yep. And, and he, the, the steadfast refusing to even pinch hit for Rojas up until the very end of a game, fourth inning, Derek, there was an opportunity there, big time opportunity. They pitch around, they pitch around Marsh to get to him. Yes. And, and because they know he's an automatic out and he has one of the most futile at bats I've ever seen. It, it was right up there with all those guys in the eighth inning. It was this little like check swing crap. And it, it, he was an automatic out and they knew it. It was like having a pitcher in the lineup. The yes. Phillies basically didn't have a DH. That's what yes. it was like. Yes. 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 And yes. These last two games, I don't I think you meant two for 17 with runners in scoring position. Um, Three home runs. No, I'm sorry. Three runs. Yeah. One home run. The big boppers had one home run the last two games at home in their backyard with these rabbit fans cheering them on. Yeah. Only seven walks. Rob, they played right into the pitcher's hands. They didn't even force the pitchers to sweat. And they had 21 strikeouts the last two games. And, you know, the the, um, Diamondbacks, you know, the, the kid they threw last night, you know, he didn't blink, man. Like, I'm, I'm not telling you he lit the world on fire because I think the Phillies did a lot of it to themselves, but that dude wasn't scared one bit. And that place, maybe unlike the night before where it wasn't quite as that last night was was rocking. So, you know, it, it, the fans did everything they could to try to, you know, galvanize, give these guys energy, whatever. And they just, they didn't, you know, ultimately, Derek, you know this better than anybody else. If your stars don't show up most of the time, you're dead. Your stars have to show yeah. up in big spots, yeah. and they didn't. There's a reason why some players are pay- paid a lot more than other players. And you've invested – this this organization organization invested a lot of money into trying to make this team that much better than what you put on the field last year when you came two wins shy of winning a World Series. And they did that, pitching and hitting. They invested a lot of money. You don't even get back to the World Series. Now, you can say the same thing about Houston. Yep. Because Houston had, had been in the World Series, what, like four of the last six? Five, oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Houston collapsed at home also in a, in a bigger fashion. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If you could foresee the immediate future going into a game seven, yeah, would you rather, and knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that your team is going to lose that last game, yeah, would you rather lose it the way Houston lost it Oh. Or sit there and watch and lose it the way the Phillies lost. Because probably, in the game against Texas, you know early in the game, the game was over. Probably the way Houston lost it. Because here's the thing. Last night was like slow motion for me. Yes. Like the, the fourth inning through the ninth 
were like dog years. It took forever. And and it, you knew, like, I just, I knew they weren't coming back. I just, it just, they, they just had that approach, that look. It just had that feel. If you watch it enough, you just know sometimes. And that's the way it felt. And it felt like it was unfolding in super slow-mo. So yeah, I think I'd rather get spanked and it's over in the second or third inning. And I'm, I'm, I'm moving on, you know, I'm moving on. See, it was, for me, it wasn't until the, the Phillies at bat in the seventh when I opened my mouth, I'm sitting there watching the game with my wife and I said, they're done. She goes, well, wait a minute. They have two more innings. I said, I said, no, no, no. It's a mindset. And here's why. Marsh opens the seventh. Now you got Saul Frank pitching for him. Okay. Marsh opens the inning. He, he strikes out swinging. Yeah. Then Pache comes in and Schwarber comes in. They both get walked. Right. You have two on with one out. And the, and the fans are trying to rally this team. They're standing and trying to rally this team. Yeah. You got the big boppers coming up now. You got Turner and Harper coming up back to back. Yeah. And, they, and, and Arizona makes the picking chain. They bring Ginkle in. And Ginkle, let me tell you something. Ginkle, the last last few games, he's got has, some stuff. Money, straight money. Yeah. What, is, what happens? Turner flies out to left. Weekly, weak up. fly up, not not a not a shot. It was a can yeah. of corn fly up. They both pop up and fly out. And I told my wife, I said, "That's it. They're done. Mentally, they are done." Because I, I don't know this for a fact, Rob, but I do believe this Phillies team was like us on the outside looking in when they took that three-two lead, winning that last game in Arizona. We're all saying, everybody from media, fans, even national pundits. There is no way Arizona's coming in here and getting a win in one of these last two games. Yep. There's no way. Yep. After what the Phillies did to Arizona to bounce back in game five, there's no way they're coming in here. And lo and behold, you held this team to three runs in their in back games In their place. In yep. their place. Yep, where they were they were pummeling everybody. And, you know, it's unbelievable, man. You know, and, and – that Diamondbacks team lost a hundred something games last year. You know, you look two at the pay, ago, two years, two years ago. ago, excuse me, and yeah. you look at the payroll comparison. <laughs> it's 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 yeah, it's not. Look, it's it's if you're on the other side of it, it's what makes sports great because it is very unpredictable, man. It really is. It's the ultimate reality show because you never know what's going to happen. It's not scripted, and and crazy things happen, and that's that's the great part of it. When you're on the other end of it, it sucks. Here here is the. Uh... You mentioned the payroll. The Phillies' payroll this year, and this is taking into consideration a lot of additions, deletions. The Phillies' payroll, as of as we know of it, yesterday, two hundred forty-three million nine thousand nine four hundred thirty-nine. Arizona's payroll, a little over one hundred sixteen million. Two hundred forty-three million, one hundred sixteen million. Wow. Arizona only gets in the playoffs because Chicago and Cincinnati collapsed down the stretch. Arizona lost their last four regular season games. Yeah. They backed into the playoffs. They backed in. Yep. Same thing happened in, in 11. St. Louis, the the Phillies helped them out by beating the Braves. And, and anyway, they sort of shouldn't have gotten in, but they got in, and they end up beating the Phillies in 2011. That's something we'll talk about a little bit later, biggest collapses in Philadelphia sports. Yep. This is up there, man. This is this is yes, scar indeed. not going away. The only way this thing this scar diminishes a little bit, Derek, is that this Philly squad wins it. But if not, this is one we're always going to talk about and always reference for all the wrong reasons. Absolutely. Uh, I just saw who Jim G said they allowed a rookie pitcher with an ERA of over five to school them twice. Yes, yes they did. Yep. Yes, they no, did. That's exactly 
Exactly right. Yeah, look, I feel everybody's pain, man. I do. I get it, man. It's it's tough. It really is. It, it's it, today's a tough. Like I, I'm not kidding you. Like I'm, I'm not one who's generally affected by losses or any. I, I really am not. But this was yeah. one of those. It was like, oh. you know, what I did last night. What? So curl up with a cup of milk on the couch. I flip over. I, I couldn't even bring myself to sit there and watch post game coverage of it. Not no offense right. to to any of our friends who do it. Uh, you know, Ben Davis and. Uh, Ruben Amaro Jr., Michael B., and, and Ricky, and, and the whole crew. No, no offense to those guys, because I'm I'm almost religiously watching it after a game. Right. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Right. Uh, I, I put on the NBA, and then I flip over to the Flyers, who who had just started in Vegas. I'm like, I got, I can't, I can't do baseball. And I'm usually also one. one once my team is eliminated, a lot of Philadelphians are out. They can't watch it anymore. There's right. the respect to sports. I'm a, I'm a national fan. Like I'm a fan of everything. Yes. Yes. So I'll keep watching even if my team's eliminated. I'm not watching. I don't think I'm watching much of this world series. I got to be oh, honest with you. Well, I have to, I have yeah. to, I have to finish. I, I watched, I watched this Arizona team take down my brewers. That was gut wrenching. Yeah. Because the brewers had one of the best pitching staff in the majors. They had one of the best team ERAs. Arizona took it to them twice in Milwaukee. Yeah. Then they take it to the Dodgers three straight. And the Dodgers had 100 wins. And then, of course, we had to go through what we just went through. Yeah. I have to see. I, I don't want to read about it. I don't want to see it on, on ESPN.com. I want to see it firsthand. I got to see what this Arizona team will do against the Texas Rangers. Yeah. I have to see it. I, just, I, I don't want anybody to tell me about it. Now, I'm not going to sit there and watch it diligently like I watched the Philly series. Sure. But sure. it will be on my TV, and I will be watching to see how this team – approaches this this Texas team. They haven't been to the World Series since 2001. They are the back in 2001, they were the youngest franchise ever to win a World Series. They were only 4 years old. That's right. Won, won it, That's right. it was incredible. That whole series was incredible. Yes. So now with this group of players, I, I got to see. I got to see these I got to see this collection of pitchers go up against Texas offensive arsenal. Now, they just handled one of the most potent offenses in all of Major League Baseball. I want to, and Texas has a good offense. I'm not, I'm not going to take anything. No, away. they do. Texas is good, and, and they're managed brilliantly. Bruce yes. Bochy's with his third team. He's taken to a World Series. Yes, but I got to see it, Rob. I don't want you to tell me about it the next day. I don't want Tony to tell me about it the next day. Hey, speaking of which, just to step aside for just a moment. Sure. Get away from baseball for just a moment. I told Tony, I said, make sure you don't show this to Rob because I want to see your reaction. Okay. So I'm scrolling through Instagram videos yesterday. Yeah. And I come across this video clip. And I'm looking at it twice, and I'm like, man, this dude is dressed to the nines. And he looked like Elliot Ness. Look at look at it. Oh, my God. Is that Tone? Oh, Dan Cilio. Got a cigar in his hands. Look at this. Got the derby on. What is, what is happening there? Philadelphia Eagles, they traded a 2024 fifth-round pick and 20, a 2024 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, Yeah, five. that's from yesterday. Yep, and a 2024 six. And Terrell Edmonds for Kevin Byer. Former All Pro safety for the Tennessee Titans. You got to be kidding! Wow. Me. All right, so you so, got to be. We off the sauce, Philly. Philadelphia, we're off the sauce. Of Harry Roseman, the Philadelphia. All right, all right. So, so what's right. going on there with the lid and this and the and, and looking sharp? All man. right, Tone, Tone, come on, Tone, come on a minute. You got to explain this because I'm gonna tell you what jacket, the shades, the stogie. Come on, Tone, Tone, get up here. Tone Capone. I like that from far. Tone Capone. Yeah. I like that. Come oh, on, man. What, what is happening there, man? What was with the, what was the get up there? 
What are we doing? Oh, man. So uh, let, let me just add some context to that, right? First of all, I appreciate you guys for allowing me to share my truth here. Um, but basically, um, you know, lately, uh, Cilio has been calling me the mayor of Philadelphia, right? Because, uh, you know, I'm, you know, you know, like you, Rob, I'm a four for four guy, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, Flyers, might, might say five for five if you include the union. Right. Um, so uh, when, when the Miami Dolphins game came up, uh, you know, everybody, a lot of people was picking against the Eagles because of Miami's high powered offense and all that stuff. And I refuse to pick against the, uh, any Philly team at any point, no matter the circumstances. I don't care if we're outmatched. I refuse to pick against us. So I said Eagles 31-30. All Cilio could do was laugh, right? So when they won the game, basically, uh, I came back Monday, fedora, blazer, you know, buttoned up with the stogie. And I and, and I just went off, baby. <laughs> I just that's I, awesome. I just All right. So that was an answer to the Eagles I, delivering the way. It wasn't yeah, just yeah, you so getting dressed I, up. I, I did the it show. on Friday. I okay. did it on Friday. You know, in preparation for the game. Yeah, yeah. And then I did it on Monday as well in response to the game. And uh, man, that was a you know, my dad's cool. I don't live with my father, Eagles fan. Thank you very much. I, I'm a married man, by the way. <laughs> but um, but but uh, but nonetheless, yeah, man. That it it, it was it, it was a fun time, man. I. I can't, I, I can't even begin to imagine what came over me. And, th and then the, the trade news broke. I'm like, okay, we're I off gotta the just, stalls, I got to really lean into this. Yeah, yeah. We can't be stopped right now. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, hey, listen, why not lean in, man? Listen, we're having fun, man. It's, it's entertainment. Awesome. sports talk. It, why man. not make fun of it? You look sharp. Oh, you look good. You look good. Sounds like Elliot Ness. That's right. Hey, listen. That's hey right. listen, man, don't let, listen, wait till you see me seriously throw it on. I can uh -oh. really, uh -oh. I can really, uh, I can real, I, I can get real swaggy out here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like right. it, man. Oh, good man. work. Good work out of you, brother. Definitely, all right. Good definitely, job. Definitely. Um, all right, Gunner. I need, I need uh I need an alternative. I, I need to I need to move past what's going on right now and talk some Eagles. I, I just need it. I, I can't we'll revisit this later with the biggest collapses in Philadelphia sports, but I can't right now. I need some birds. All right. I need some Eagles. All right. You, you ready to take the uh, Eagles journey with me? Rob, Rob. Win, lose, or draw. Yeah. Sports. Sports is therapeutic. Yes. Sports is very therapeutic. It, it allows you to step outside of your everyday uh, regiment uh, of life's uh, trials and tribulations, highs and lows. Yeah. It allows you to be a kid again. Yes. Um, and even when it's gut-riching, it also allows you to release certain emotions that may be pent up Correct. all season long. Yep. So... I'm with you there. I, I see it. Look, I see the look in your face. I hear the <laughs> tone in your voice. I've been there many times. Yeah. And and like I said, once once I went through that scenario with my wife about watching Green Bay play Kansas City, it taught me a valuable lesson. When it's over, it's over. Yes. You got to let it go. Now, some people, go. there are some people still hurting from the Eagles losing the Super Bowl. True. There were people who were still hurting from the Phillies losing last year to the Astros. And there will be people that are still hurting weeks, days, months to come by this epic collapse. And let's face it, over the last couple of years, people still hurting by the Sixers bowing out back-to-back -back year, second round. Yes. It's a part of what we do, a part of our makeup, part of our fiber. Yeah. But you need to subscribe to the D-Gun School of being a sports enthusiast. enthusiast. Get it out of your system, flush it, and move on. There you go. Easier said than done, but I agree with you. I agree with you. All, All the right. way you can do. Yep. All right, let's get it. Let's get a timeout. We'll come back. We're going to do a couple things. 
Dive a little bit more into the uh, the Kevin Byard acquisition and the Howie Roseman aggressiveness. Question, who's the Eagles MVP through seven games? Uh, we'll do that. Ooh. We'll look at how the coordinators are doing, Desai and Johnson and Michael Clay. Uh, we'll get into that, how Nick Sirianni is doing. A little later, we'll look at the schedules. We'll look at the toughest teams in the NFC. we got a lot of Eagles in store for you. Uh, worse than Black Friday, Dan asks. Uh, for people who don't remember, Black Friday, 1977 Phillies. Uh, basically collapsed at home to the Dodgers. There was a play where Danny Ozark, who was the Phillies manager, should have replaced Greg, Greg Luzinski in left field with Jerry Martin. He didn't do it. Luzinski almost makes a great catch against the wall, but he doesn't make the catch. There's a ball that's smoked off the glove. I think it was by Davey Lopes of Mike Schmidt. Boa bare hands, throws. It's a bang-bang play. If you look at the replay, the guy's out. They called him safe. Everybody lost their mind. Yes, it was... It was bad. That was bad. Uh, we'll get into them. There's a bunch of them. Trust me. We will do it. We will do it. But I'm not over that either, even though I was like a baby. But I'm not over it. And I feel like a baby right now. So I got I to gotta move on. All right. So let's uh, let's come back. Let's do some Eagles. And we will do that. Uh, but first, I want to tell you uh, about Blocks, about the great people at Blocks. That's B-L-O-C-S. Yes, Blocks. Did you know that you can spend your PA tax dollars more efficiently you could fund a scholarship for a student in need and get a 90% tax credit refund. Yes, Blocks is the largest scholarship organization in Pennsylvania, raised $110 million in scholarship dollars just last year, all awarded to families who qualify for tuition assistance. They've awarded more than 17,000 need-based scholarships annually, and you can direct your scholarship donation to any private or Catholic school in Pennsylvania. Participation in the program is simple, takes only a few minutes. Send your check to Blocks, B-L-O-C-S, and they do the rest. It's that simple. It's Blocks, B-L-O-C-S dot org slash tax credit for more information. There's development officers standing by to answer any questions that you may have. You can also have your account or financial advisor contact them, and they can walk you through from start to finish. Average HHI of Blocks recipient is 55000 Demand for tuition assistance outpaces the supply of tax credit scholarships by nearly three to one. There's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you to participate. For a few hundred dollars, you can fund a child's full tuition to a Catholic or private school. Blocks graduates 99% of their scholarship recipients versus 64% of the Philadelphia public schools. 96 cents on every dollar raised by Blocks goes directly into the hands of a family who qualifies for tuition assistance and can be only used for scholarships and tuition. We'll be right back. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your green house? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. We are Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, hanging out with you. We're Sports Take. Let's hit the like button if we could, uh, friends. Uh, a couple odds and ends. I, w- I want to hit this before we get into the Eagles, uh, Derek. The the James Harden story takes another twist uh, and turn here. So he he has reported to uh, Sixers practice today, but the team has told him that he will not be playing in the Milwaukee or Toronto on the Milwaukee or Toronto trip. Uh, that trip begin, begins on Thursday in Milwaukee. He hasn't practiced with the team since October 15th. The plan, This is according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Uh, hasn't practiced since October 15th, and the plan is uh, to allow him to stay at Camden Practice Facility and work with team development staff to get the live action necessary to get him playing once the Sixers return from that Milwaukee-Toronto trip. So Harden is there practicing but he will not be playing in their first two games. He's been away for now 11, 10 days, 10 days. I I don't know what to make of any of this at this point. Uh, You know, all they're saying is it was personal reasons. He wasn't there. I don't know if it really was something, you know, involving him or his family or whatever. Uh, Maybe that'll come out in the, in the mix here, but man, this thing is, it's just bizarre and not conducive to, you know, good vibes for the team. Um. If he was if, now, first of all, it came out that it was an unexcused absence from the team. But then they they're calling it excused now. Now they're saying it was excused. Yeah, is that them covering it up just just know. just to kind of squelch some of this tension? Um, if if it's if it was a personal matter he needed to address, okay, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt because we don't know we're not there. But in a bigger scheme of things. And I understand it could be costly to the Sixers. You know what, James? 
just stay home, man. Until we figure this thing out, just stay home. Work out with your personal trainer because you're back now. The team is back in Philadelphia, and you know the media can't wait to converge. Now that the Phillies are done, they can't wait to converge on this story. Yep. And all you're going to get from the front office and the coaching staff is we're not talking about this. But, see, the more the question is asked, the more attention it puts on the situation. Yep. And then what if James Harden decides to speak to the media? Even if the organization says, you know, would you not speak to the media? There's a part of me that believes he came back to add some more fuel to the fire. And if he goes against the team's wishes and speaks to the media and spits more venom, what is that doing to help him in terms of trying to get out of here? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Here's the way I would – this would be my guess. He didn't want to be around the team. He didn't want to practice the last few, you know, 10 days, whatever it's been. Um, he realizes that maybe to some degree somebody got to him, an agent or somebody else, got to him and said, look, you got to go play. And the only way to get out of there is to play. Um, the only way to maybe get to where you want to is to go play and play well and not make waves. Now, do I think that's going to happen, that he's just not going to make waves? No, I don't. I think for right now, he's there. He wants to get paid. Uh, that's the other part of this. And he, he isn't looking to miss any game checks. And I think by by reporting, you make it the Sixers' choice for you not to play in Milwaukee or Toronto. You're not losing game checks. That's a Sixers' call. And he could fight that all day with the, with the union. So I, I think it's a financial motive to be back. I do. I, I think he's got every every financial motive to not miss a game check, and I think that's what ultimately drives him, and that's why he's there. Um, when you consider his injury history with his hamstrings, he's been away from the training facility for 10 days. This is where you get those hamstrings to get. Would you put him on a court right now? Do you honestly think he's in the best shape he can possibly be in to, to go through the early rigors of, of what they're about? To, you're playing against Milwaukee and you're playing against Toronto, are you going to put him out there? Because guess what happens? If he accidentally um, strains a hamstring, he gets extended time off. They still have to play, pay him. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting him out there on the court. I'm not, I'm not putting him out right. there. Right, and, and, yeah, and, and all that does is just buy him time to, to really go bye-bye and still get paid. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not putting him out. He's not, I don't want him around the team. We have a, we have a group of guys over here. Yeah who are training to get ready for a season. And we got a one guy that comes from over here. And every time he even integrates, whether he does something disruptive or not, it's a disruption because he's there. And you're going to have media asking his teammates, have you talked to James? What do you think James is thinking? Do you think James should be here? They don't want to answer those questions. They just want to play basketball, man. Your head coach, your new head coach just wants to form a team that can be competitive and get them to the playoff. They don't want to be answering all these nonsense questions about James Harden. Yeah. This is to me, this is all strategic. And, and when James left, that story came out about strategic on Harden's end, you're, you're saying. Yeah. 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 This this story came out, the story came out about this is the first of many things James has planned to be disruptive. Yep. Really? Yeah, Ramona Shelbourne had that report. Yeah. Really? And the Sixers are so handcuffed. What do you do? You tell him to stay away, you got to pay him. You let him in the facility, you got a major distraction. Yep. I, I, I can't remember, and we've seen players in other teams that have been, you know, disruptive, disgruntled, but nothing to this degree. You know, come out and say you don't want to play for the organization. My relationship with Daryl Morey will never be. No, you uh, called him a liar publicly. Called him a liar, flat out liar. Went, went, went viral. 
flat out liar, comes to the training facility and reiterates the relationship can't be repaired. Why yeah. are you there? Yeah. Then why are you there? Just to get your message out to the media? You could have done that through Twitter or X, whatever the heck it is. Yeah, I do wonder. I wonder if he's going to talk. You know, we, we haven't heard anything yet, but I wonder. I got a feeling he's going to talk to somebody. I got a yeah. feeling. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, here we go. You know, we, we, we knew, we knew it wasn't, he wasn't going to go away quietly that much. We know we knew. So he's back. I'm sure he's presenting this like he wants to play in Milwaukee and the Sixers are saying, we got to ramp you up and get you in shape. So he'll be paid to not play for the next two games. And then after that, so the way the, the schedule for the Sixers uh, begins, they're at Milwaukee Thursday, NBA action started last night in general, but the Sixers play at Milwaukee Thursday. They're at Toronto on Saturday. And then they're back home Sunday night, 7.30 against Portland. That's the the home opener. That's the game he's expected to play in. So Sunday night is when you'll see Harden's debut. Uh, you got a, you got an Eagles game at 1, and then you got a Sixers game at 7.30 on Sunday night. So that's what we're looking at, Derek. All right. I've been, I've been in this city since 1997. You are born, raised, bred here, bleeds Philly sports through and through. What's going to happen if Nick Nurse puts him on the court, court net home opener? What's going to happen? Heavy, heavy, heavy booze. And the booze will yeah. not only be through the introduction, it'll be every time he touches it for most of the game. There you go. At least the first quarter, every time he touches it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. And if the team gets off to a bad start, Derek, the city is waiting to pounce on them. Yes. They're waiting to pounce. Like this is one of those situations where – if the people are frustrated if the Eagles start slowly, they're frustrated the Phillies, but Flyers, I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation. They're, they 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 want blood with the Sixers right now. Yes. They yeah, I can tell you, and, promise you that. And, and, and rightfully so, because yep. um, I don't think they did enough in the offseason to try to make the product better. Uh, you're stuck with this James Harden scenario. There are people still, is still wounded by them bowing out again in the second round. That was just the first log of the fire. Yeah. Then all of this other stuff that is that is slowly trickled down is just putting more logs on on an already hot you know bed of coals, you know. Um, and now James James has his team handcuffed. To be honest, yeah, he does. He has them handcuffed because the trade market is not there for him. You're going to have to just get to a point where you just got to get rid of him and get what you can. But what if he refuses to go to that team? Now, which which could negate the trade. Yeah. So you're still stuck with him. Right. And would still have to pay him unless you suspend him. Yeah. I, I here's I, I think the way this shakes out is if he really if there's like a lot of craziness going on, um, I think they're gonna tell him to stay home at some point. It turns into like Ben Simmons just stay home at some point, and then you try and trade him. But I don't know how is that gonna move the needle on any kind of trades other than maybe somebody yeah. having an injury. That, that would trade for him. And then you then what you hope is Harden is a professional enough to take a trade wherever they're going to send him. And and he would know, hey, it's just for a year. And then ultimately, ultimately maybe I can get to my destination where I want to go to after that. But even then, no team is going to make a trade for him if he knowing he's going to refuse to go there. So he actually does kind of have a no trade clause in, in, in a weird way. You no, know, he doesn't really have one. How old is he now? 33? What is he? 33, 34, yeah. Okay, so it, now his mindset is the clock's ticking. I have one more chance really to get somewhere to possibly get with a team that could possibly win a championship. Well, yeah. I don't see any of those teams clamoring for him right now. No. And 
if I'm the Sixers, cut bait, get what you can for him. Young role players, get what you can for him. But I did that part to tell that I did I mention to you. Would he go to a team? Would he go to a Houston team? Would he go to a Charlotte team? Yeah. You know, would he go? If he doesn't go, the deal's off. Right. See, anybody on the other side, this deal is only contingent upon James Harden deciding he will sign with us and play. If he doesn't, you have no deal. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, is, I hear people all the time, you know, take sort of the hard old school line of, hey, just trade him to Siberia, you know, whatever. Who cares what he thinks? And it, yeah, and I get that. I would love to just ship him off to some outpost where he would, yes. you know, yes. not do well. But if Harden and his agent are saying, I won't play those teams for that team. Those teams aren't going to trade for him. That's nope. just the, nope. the reality that we live in here. Um, anyway. All right. So uh, let's move back to the, uh, to the Eagles here, Derek. Um, we touched on this yesterday, but I do think there's a bigger talking point around it. So they make the trade yesterday to get Kevin Byard from Tennessee and they, yep. and they help solidify their, their safety spot. And it's a, he's a good player. You know, he's, he's not what he was, but he's still very good and can help them a lot. And I just, you know, I, I I read the stuff that Jerry Jones and I, I read, I listened to the whole interview that he did yesterday. And he, he and he's basically saying, we're fine. If some team wants to make a trade, they have my phone number, but we're not reaching out to anybody. The dumbest thing ever. You know, and, and maybe that's just what he's saying publicly and behind the scenes, they're working the phones like crazy. I don't know. But like, what's the point of saying that? Like, I don't understand. Like, if I'm a Cowboys fan, or a, a coach or a team or a player, et cetera. I'm like, so we're not trying to get better. The trade deadline's up in six days now, five days, whatever, the 31st, six days. And, and he's, my owner is saying something like that. You know, meanwhile, a team in my division has added Julio Jones and Kevin Byard in the last two weeks. Absolutely. We would be livid if it was the other way around. And, and you don't think Jerry learned his lesson last year when the Eagles went out and added CJ, GJ, Linville Joseph and Dominican Sue, and look what they did for this team as well. And you would come out and say that, first of all, as I said yesterday, why is Jerry opening his mouth? Why are you tipping your hand? Why There's nobody in the organization, not even his son, who can, who can put tape over his mouth and get him to say nothing. He says what he wants to say, when he wants to say, no matter how counterproductive it is. And that's putting heat on everybody else in the organization, especially the guy who is the most visible aspect of this team, the head coach. Right. Now, say what you want to say about Mike McCarthy, but every time Jerry says something, he has to step to the podium and, and, and defend it or counter it. Yeah. And the only way he can do it is, you know, I'm not really getting into that right now. That's the mm-hmm. best thing he can do, Yeah, you know, to save face. Because anything else he says, there's tension within the Cowboys organization. It becomes, whether it's true or not, it becomes a major headline. But Jerry put them in that position, see? So he doesn't care. So you're right. Now it may be cloak and dagger. Maybe they are working on something. But you know, Rob, I'm looking. I'm looking. Even without Trayvon Diggs, right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. defensively, how can you argue? Dallas is fifth overall in defense. Yeah, they're very good. <clears throat> they're giving up less than 290 yards a game. Mm-hmm. They're giving up 177 yards passing. They're giving up 111 yards rushing. And here's the big one. They're only giving up 16.7 points a game. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, offensively, let's see where Dallas is offensively. Dallas is in the middle of the pack offensively, which tells me <coughs> they could use some help on offense. They're only averaging 330 yards a game. 
but they're averaging 25 and 25.7 points a game rushing 120 yards a game so they're not bad in certain areas the passing game you're only averaging 210 so it tells me first and foremost Dallas could use another pass catcher yep not only that I mean they, they their offensive line has suffered some injuries they've had some other issues too I, I mean there's a they could make a case if you were them um for a lot of different uh areas that you could improve your team but I'm sorry, man. You're a three and two team that that barely escaped last week against the mediocre at best Charger team. The last time you played, you were off yeah. last week. But then you tell me you don't need anything. Okay, all right, fine. I mean, we and you haven't won a Super Bowl in twenty seven or eight years. Yeah, and you're okay. All right. I'm just again, it's more of an appreciation that the Eagles are always trying to do things to upgrade than it yes. is. Uh, even a knock on the Cowboys. All right. Uh, if I asked, pose you this question, Derek, and I, and everybody in the chat, jump in, please. We're through seven games now, six and one record. Who's the Eagles MVP? Uh, just asking me the question blindly, I would have to say A.J. Brown right now. He's the, To me, he's the most obvious choice. Five consecutive games, over 125 receiving yards, over 800 receiving yards through seven games. Yep. Um, I think with beyond a shadow of a doubt, he is Jalen's go-to guy in big moment situations. Look at the big catches he makes, sidelines, double coverage down the middle of the field. He is the most one of the most sure-handed pass catchers in the game today. Um, I, I have to put Jay, I have to put AJ at the top of that list, to be honest with you. I would agree with AJ. I, I think there's a couple of arguments to be made here. One, uh Jalen Carter which is awesome that we're even mentioning yep. this. Yep. It should be in a conversation here. I mean, when you consider yep. his ability to stop the run and, and, you know, get after the passer through just seven games of his career, it's unbelievable. I mean, I can't wait to see if he stays healthy, what this looks like at, you know, at the end of the season and, and going forward, I think you make a case for him. I think you make a case, a little bit of the case for Fletcher Cox, who I think has been awesome. But the one other guy that I would say is closest in the competition would be Josh Sweat. Yes. Now, I agree yeah. with you. I think AJ ultimately right now would would beat him out. But Josh Sweat, for me, um, you know, what he's kind of transformed into, and it's not just the sacks, and he's doing a great job with that. It's the pressures. It's the, yep. you know, the yep. angst that he causes the other teams, man. I mean, Sweat right now, there are 14 tackles. He's got five and a half sacks. He's got five tackles for losses. He's got a pass defense and two forced fumbles through seven games. That's awesome production. Oh, there's, there, no, there's no question about it. Um, the last couple of seasons, he's really grown up. Now, in a lot of cases, he's been overshadowed by by bigger names. You go back to last year, overshadowed by the presence of Javon Hargrave being here, overshadowed by the play of Redick. Um, this year, when you talk about Eagles defense, it's the rookie phenom Carter. It is Hassan Redick finally picking up speed since he's gotten a cast off. Um, and then, of course, it's it's additions this team has made with Roby. He only played one game. And now, so uh, Josh Sweat gets overlooked in a lot of ways. But he has been Mr. Consistency. And, again, I can't emphasize enough. He's been playing last year, this year, and probably the year before that on a less than 100% knee. Mm -hmm. You know, he double-digit sacks last year. He's well on his way to double-digit sacks again. He's not just an edge rusher. He's He's decent against the run. Now, sometimes he does over-pursue. Sometimes he does get out of position because he's so lightning quick off the ball. And quarterbacks 
and, and offensive coordinators see that and they play to that with delayed draws, running to that side, tackle, all he has to do is push him outside, run into the inside, or he tra- crashes down inside, running back loops around to the outside. Sometimes right. the speed and athleticism plays against him more so than for him. But for the most part, when a quarterback steps to the line of scrimmage, he's looking for Reddick here, he's looking for Sweat over here, and of course you got to look for Jalen Carter. But he has become a force to be reckoned with in his Eagles defensive front. I'll tell you the other thing that's interesting about the discussion, and I think I don't want to speak for you, but like I can't give any consideration right now to Jalen Hurts. And if you said that to me before the season started, I'd be really worried about the start the team was off to, but they're still yeah. off to a six and one start. And it's not that Jalen has been bad, and he certainly had flashes. Like I think Sunday night's game is a great example. He made some unbelievable plays in the game. Yes, he did with with pressure bearing down on him too. Yeah, but I I have a hard time getting past ten turnovers through seven games. That 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 is where you know the buck stops there and in the red zone for me uh, when it comes to what he's done this year. Now. We might be having a different discussion at the end of the year, but if, if you're asking me through seven games, it's not Jalen Hurts. Now, well, so what would you attribute that, Derek? Is that just – it's him? It's the t- what the teams are doing? He's got a new offensive coordinator? Like, what What would you – how would you parse out, I don't know, blame or reasoning, I guess? Last year, Jalen forced defensive coordinators to adjust to him. This year, defensive coordinators have, have forced Jalen to adjust to them. And you look at the variety of D coordinators he's had to face this year. In every game we hear, they're throwing stuff at us that we're not seeing on film. And it takes a while to figure it out. Yeah. Because you prepare a certain way and you come up with a certain offensive game plan. We're going to attack here. We're going to attack here. And all of a sudden, when you step back to pass, that look's not there. They're, they're giving you an, more of an illusional look than they have all of last year. And let's face it, they're, be, they're playing a better caliber of opponents. They're, they're playing a much better caliber collection-wise of defensive coordinators, yeah. and they're playing a better caliber caliber of opponents. Now, lo and behold, they're standing here with only one loss and six wins. They've found a way to figure it out, but it has not been as fluid. They've made the big plays when they've had to. Jalen has made some big throws when he's had to, but they're not as fluid. And I think this is going to be the MO the rest of the season. When you look at, when you look at the upcoming D coordinators they're going to face, and so they're all they're all comparing notes. Right. You've had all offseason to study this Eagles offense. And let's face it, the Eagles offense, really, have they done anything this year that has shocked you that they didn't do last year? They're basically running the same offense. No, very similar. Yep. Yeah, not, not a lot of twists and turns on it. They, yeah. No. Yeah, they, they, you don't see a lot of motion. You don't see a lot of trick plays. Nope. You, know, they, you see less RPOs, I think. Some of that, I think, is to protect Jalen. But yeah, it, it is a, a very similar. I mean, you have one guy going crazy in AJ Brown. Uh, you you yep. had a real nice year out of Swift. Yep. Goddard's coming on. You know, Devontae Smith. I think it'll get better there. But yeah, you know, no, you haven't seen a lot of lot of difference. I guess they just line up and tell you this is what we're going to do and stop it if you can. And nine times out of ten, teams can't stop it. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that's and and now that this story has surfaced about Jalen's knee and. For him to come out after that, the last game, and when someone asked him, is the knee going to be a bother you? Uh, is, is it going to be a problem moving forward? And he goes, we'll see. He didn't say yes, mm-hmm. didn't say no, said we'll see. So now you're wondering, is he going to be wearing that brace on more times than not? We kept saying all season, Jalen looks slower. Yeah. But yeah, so maybe also, this was before, this happened before. So, yeah. yeah. But we've also <clears throat> thrown in the caveat. 
Is he thrower because he's been he's been browbeat into his head to be cautious? Yeah. Proceed with caution. Be more calculated. Don't be as risk-taking as you were last year. We need you upright. We can't afford to have you get a fluke injury like we see some of these quarterbacks getting. That will cost you, especially now that we're running a gauntlet of heavyweight teams that we're going to face. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know to what degree that's in the equation. We don't know degree how serious he's hurt. Yeah. You know, anytime a quarterback comes out at halftime and he's wearing a brace on the leg, he didn't wear the first half. That tells me there's something to this. Yeah, and he's he was limping. He was clearly favoring the leg to some yeah. degree. I'm not telling you he was dragging it around, but he it was to some degree bothering him. There's no but doubt. Then, but then we hear the report that he was seen limping around the Novacare complex leading up to the Miami game. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing we'll never know because we know with him, he's never going to, he's not going to leak this to somebody in the media. Yeah. Jalen, Jalen hurts has been playing hurt all year. He's not that kind of guy. So yeah, we don't know. Ultimately we don't know. You're right about that. Uh, interesting. Interesting. All right. When we come back, I want to get into the coordinators, Derek. I want to look at you know, the Brian Johnson, Sean Desai, Michael Clay for that matter. Um, and maybe Nick Sirianni. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of dive do a coaching dive when we come back. And then we'll look at the teams. I, I, it's not necessarily a rankings, but but your your top five NFC teams uh, and where the Eagles fall and who worries you the most and all those kind of things. We'll do that when we come back. Uh, so don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. And I want to tell you right now about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Thrilled that they're a part of the show and the uh, and the network. Uh, they've been family-owned since 1985. I've been going there since I was a kid. Got Alex and the crew there seven days a week, just, just putting out the best food possible. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. Uh, I get the grandma every single time. That's the upside down. But any way you want it, they'll make it. Specialized pizza your way. But if you're not up for pizza, they have fresh pasta. They have sandwiches. They have wraps. They have wings. They have salads. The other thing is Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. It can be a fundraiser for charities, for schools, for little leagues, and the proceeds go to those organizations. They're always looking out for their people. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. 
One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Uh, welcome back in, everybody. It's Derek. I'm Rob. Thanks for hanging with us. We do appreciate it. Let's hit that like button if we could, uh, friends. All right, Derek, let's continue with the Eagles chat if we could. Um, let's look at the coordinators. Let's start with Sean, Sean Desai. Sean Desai, I think, had the had the more challenging job stepping in here in a sense that he was coming from the outside. Even though they're running a system, you know, he's running a system that the Eagles philosophically agree with with the Vic Fangio system where you know ultimately you're not going to blitz a ton you're not you don't the the objective is to not give up big plays and those kind of things but he came in here he lost you know pretty significant personnel on that side of the ball Javon Hargrave CJGJ among them he had some injuries he lost Avante Maddox very early in this season so he had to acclimate guys pretty quick and he lost his starting linebacker for four weeks and and Nicobe Dean Mm -hmm. so a lot of new faces, counting on younger guys, undrafted guys, you know, being thrown into the mix. I would say he's really come on, Derek. And you look at the way that these younger guys, the Eli Rickses of the world, have played the last couple of weeks. I give him a lot of credit. I like what's going on here with him as their defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. He, he takes over a situation. He walks into a situation where this historically was one of the best uh, Eagles defensive performances in history off of 2022 he's coming in with five new coaches and of course a a a defensive guru assistant that he's collaborating with the roster has turnover you've got to integrate certain new pieces as well as certain young holdover pieces 
um, you go through the trials and tribulations from OTAs in May through training camp to figure out what you have and how you want to implement it. Every week with him, and then, of course, your secondary, while your corners are veteran-laden, um, your safety position, you have a lot of young talent you're trying to sprinkle in as well. It has been an evolving process for him week to week. There has not been one week since the first week where you've had the same collection of players that you have to put on the field, and you've also had to rely on youth and inexperience to help you along the way. And has it been rock solid? No, but it's been effective. It's got big moments when it's had to. It's 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 more of the bend but don't break. Now, the aspect of shutting down the run as well, if not better than what you did a year ago, kudos to him. Right. You know, we, we knew Jalen Carter was going to be good. We had no idea it was going to be this good this quick. Right. We had no idea that the transformation of Jordan Davis Oof. from last year to this year would be 100% better than what we thought it would be. Yeah. So he's had that luxury and to build around that. And to, to, to constantly flip the script on pieces, not knowing week in and week out who's available, who's not. And that includes that not having Jalen Carter for a game. Sure. I think he's done a more than commendable job. Um, you look at his defense's overall numbers, middle of the road in a lot of ways, except the run defense, impeccable. But you've had to, to to scratch and claw your way through games. Have you given up big plays? Absolutely. But you're playing teams that got big money players also. It's to be expected. But you've minimized the damage by making a play when you've had to make a play. And that's all you can ask for. So I yeah. think he's done a, a, a very commendable job with what he's had at, at his disposal. No, I, I, and again, I think he had the the harder job with just so much turnover on that side of, of the ball. The great thing is when you have foundational pieces like Sweat and Reddick and yes. Fletcher Cox is rejuvenated, like all that stuff helps. Don't get me wrong; you still have Bradbury and Slay on the back end, but there were a lot of pieces that had to sort of be filled in in the in the middle there, you know, and that kind of thing. And I, you know, I think he's also put his own twist and turns on this thing. I, he's a little bit more aggressive than Gannon, it feels like uh, to me. And, and picks and chooses his spots a little bit more, I think. Um, and to do what he did last week, and maybe some of this is recency bias on my part, but to do what he did against Miami last week was awesome. Yes. You held them below average in everything that they had done. Absolutely. Like, in a big way. Absolutely. Um, this should be a week, Derek. They they get five sacks again. Um, I this, agree. This team and this quarterback. So Considering Sam Howell's been sacked, what, 30, 40 times? Yeah. In seven games? They should feed. I'm looking at how the Giants, the Giants defensive front was feasting on, on Washington's offensive line. Um, if, if, if you set an over under at five, I might take the over in this game, to be honest. And this, oh, yeah. this is including Sam Howell. He put a scare into him the first time he played him. But see, now they have film on him. And, and, and now you've added Kevin Byard to the equation as well. So they're, they're, now you got another piece you got to fit into the equation, mm -hmm. you know, in a short amount of time. They got to hit the ground running. To what degree will he play this week remains to be seen. But you know he's going to be out there. Oh, he'll, he'll play. I mean, he'll he'll they got they can get him up to speed pretty quick. I think I, I really do. Yeah. You know, so, everything everything we hear about him is how smart this guy is. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't have any doubt about that. He can to some degree he'll help you this week. I think so. But but this is the perfect scenario for them to integrate a new player. And even if they don't have Blankenship again this week, th them playing Washington, a Washington team that's now disgruntled. Lost four or five. 
dude, you look at you look at the wait. I uh, put this stat down. I said, wow, I didn't even look at it like this. But you look at the losses Washington's had the four, the four losses. They gave up 37, 34, 40 points to the Bears, and then turn around and only score seven against the Giants. Mm. And then you hear players come out. One of the leaders come out. Bleep this. Bleep that. We better get our bleeping this, you know, up to speed. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless this you. is a team that's in a state of disarray. And instead of focusing on just playing the Philadelphia Eagles in a key divisional matchup, you got guys grumbling amongst themselves now about what, they, what they're not doing. An, another game, you got an offensive line that's trash, yeah. a young quarterback, and a team that's disgruntled that has lost four of the last five. It's a perfect storm for the Eagles to come and go, even on the road. And even though we know Washington felt we hung with this team for four quarters and we let them off the hook, now they've got to come to our backyard. This is this is the advantage of the Eagles. Eagles are just focused on playing football yeah. and trying to stay the best record in the NFC. Washington's trying to figure out who they can count on in big games. And the, and the shame of it is, you know, Ron Rivera is a good man and he's had a, he's been a really good coach. It's pretty obvious he's on the hot seat and he's a lame duck, right? Oh. I mean, he, he is going to be out of there. Uh, at season's end, the, yeah. The question is, do they do a full clean sweep, you know, with with new ownership, or do, or do, is it Eric Bieniemy's job? I don't know. You know, we'll see. But th- that's the other part you have to take into account. Like that's they're just not in a healthy spot. That team, yeah. they're they're in a they're in a spot. They're in trouble. Like this is teetering on a couple more losses to, to go into oblivion. If you're Washington, if, if 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 this thing continues on the present course, Rivera may not make it to the end of the season. To be honest, I agree with you. I agree with that. When your new owner, when your new owner came out and said, "Well, uh, is, is Ron Rivera's job say, well, it's about winning. That's all you need to know." Yep. That's all you need to know. Yeah, they're not even doing the false, you know, fake sense of support kind of thing that you no. get sometimes. Hey, uh, also, when we pass this along, AJ Brown, the offensive player of the week Absolutely. in the uh, in the NFC. He's the first uh, career player of the week award. It's the first career playoff of the week award uh, since Jeremy Macklin won it uh, at the receiver spot. So good for him. Good, good for him. him. He did um, well, right, well right. deserved. Yes. Rightfully deserved by what he's been able to do the last five weeks. No, yeah, question. no question. All right. So let's go over to Brian Johnson then, Derek. Um, yeah. I, I still feel like this is a, what, how I would describe a work in progress. We're seeing some good things. I think they finally figured out Dallas Goddard. And, and good usage for him. Obviously, there's a great connection with Jalen and AJ Brown. Uh, you still have that strong offensive line, but they're they haven't been good enough in the red zone. Jalen hasn't it hasn't felt like a real sort of rhythmic season for him for whatever reason. I think they're they're cautious, they're being cautious with him, which you know, some of that you can't lay on the feet of Brian Johnson. I think that's coming from above him. Let's be a little bit more careful, less RPOs, all that. And maybe that's hurt them a little bit, but it just seems like the offense is maybe getting there, but not there yet. Um, we, we we knew that coming in. We knew Brian Johnson wanted to put his own signature on this offense. And when you haven't been a play caller and when your head coach out of the gate says, you're calling the plays, you've got to figure it out. Yeah. You've got to figure it out. Um, and has it been jagged? Absolutely. But when you have the weapons at your disposal, and, and let's face it, people have grumbled. We've all second-guessed. Why is it not as fluid? It's the same offensive personnel they had a year ago. Outside of the right guard, why is it not as fluid? 
you have a different play call. Look at what Shane Steichen is doing in terms of calling plays with Indy with lesser talent, but he has that experience of being a play caller. Yeah, He gets the chess matches. He sees things maybe a little quicker and a little bit more to his favor than a Brian Johnson. It takes time. Yes. But when you, when it's not as fluid and you're still one of the best offenses in the league, you're still six wins plus one win minus. That's a good place to be. And when the bye week comes up, Brian Johnson will sit down and he will evaluate everything they've done mm -hmm. through the first nine games. And I expect to see some adjustments in how he calls the game with them coming out of the bye. But you're navigating choppy waters right now. Right. The best thing about it is most of the teams you faced outside of Miami are not up to your equal. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Um, you face some tough defenses no and you doubt. found a way to, to beat them. You found a way to overcome. When you're talking about Belichick, look at look at what you know. We talk about Brian Flores and, that, and the Vikings defense is trash. Look what the Vikings defense just did against the 49ers. Yeah, no kidding. Vikings Vi Brian Flores is an excellent defensive coordinator. I know people don't 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 quite get that, you know. Yeah. And he doesn't have the personnel yet in Minnesota, but that guy's a, is a stud defensive coordinator. I agree with you. Now, now Robert Sala got the best of you, but Robert Sala is a heck of a defensive coordinator. Yeah. You know, Todd Bowles is a heck of a defensive coordinator. Raheem Morris, very good defensive mind. Mm -hmm. You know, so so the chess match has been a little bit more difficult. In a lot of ways, it's been advantage DCs, but you still found a way to get it done. You've had some great moments because you have great talent on the offensive side of the ball. And even when it's not fluid, it's still exceptional because of the overall personnel, the best offensive line in the game. A right. trio of running backs that could be considered second to none. What Probably the best one-two wide receiving punch in the National Football League. One of the top three to four tight ends in the game today. You walked into a gold mine mm -hmm. of talent. It's not like you and OC walking in to, to Coach Houston or Carolina or one of those teams. You walked into a gold mine of talent. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is figure it out. And he's figuring it out. And you have the architect of that offense mentoring you as you go along as well. So I expect Brian Flores to get better and better each and every week. I do. Like, I haven't seen anything from him to say, oh, my God, this was a mistake. This guy's not up to this or any of that. Like, this is a matter of the same slack you'd give a head coach, the same slack you'd give a player. He, it's the first time he's doing this at the NFL level. You have to give it some time. And I, and I think so far – He's been fine, and he's growing. I, I don't. I didn't think we'd be saying this either, Derek. Props to Michael Clay for the special team. Oh, oh they're, they're oh. better. They are. I mean, Covey's punt return average is good. Uh, Braden Mann has stabilized the punting position. He hasn't been great, but he's been better than Sipos. And, you know, Jake Elliott, we know, is very good. And and I just I don't feel like they've given up a lot of returns in the punt game. You don't yeah. usually get a lot of opportunities in the kick return game, but the punt return game, they've done. they've been fine. They they haven't they haven't been gouged in a return game. Uh, I believe Covey is still leading the league in terms of yards uh, yards per return average. You know we, we joke about Crash Covey and, and rightfully so he puts himself in harm's way mm -hmm. with his style of running, but he's given them decent real estate in situations to yeah. start with. Um, you know we we all we all wondered why in the world did Sirianni come out in January and say Michael Clay. We'll be back. He said it right and, after the season. And they extended him, I think. And they extended him. Instead yep. of evaluating, 
you know, instead of saying what, what the standard line is for coaches, we're evaluating everybody and everything. He came out and said emphatically, Michael Clay will be back in 2023. We're like, what? <laughs> and lo and behold, yeah, here we are. You can't complain about what Michael Clay has done in the special teams game. Of mm-hmm. course, he has at his disposal also one of the best kickers in the game. You know, that helps as well. But in terms of kick return, punt return, uh, coverage teams, Michael Clay has done a job with the person yes. he's been given. He's been fine. He has. He's been fine. Like, no complaints. Let me put it to you that way. As much as – think about how much we complained about them last year on that side yes. of the ball. And my, yes. And rightfully, there been one, has there been one game where we said, oh, my God, special teams lost the game or whatever? No, we haven't. Not at all. It was so um, bad. It was so bad. One game, Green Bay's return guy was taking the ball four or five yards out of the end zone on kickoffs and 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 picking and picking up yards to the thirty and forty yard line. It was awful. That's not the case this year. So, no. all right. Well, let's look at Nick Sirianni. He's got his team off to a six and one start. Um, he's dealt with some injuries, certainly more injuries in in total than he had last year for sure. Uh, he came in with a very talented team. For, that's also you know a fact. But it's not easy, as we talked about, getting your team back up that following year after you lose the Super Bowl. So I think all things considered, Nick's done a really good job, man. I mean, the only game that you could say, like he really got out coached, maybe the Jets game. I, I, I didn't, I didn't like. I thought they got away from the run too much and all those kind of things. But other than that, you know, so far so good. They're about where I thought they would be there, and maybe they're a little bit better than I thought they would be at this point. Uh, I agree with you one hundred percent. Nick Sirianni has these players believing in him, believing in what he does. He can come down on them when he has to. He can be one of the boys. You know, you see you see him in practice, you know, jaw jacking with the players, joking and laughing. But you also see him when he has to get in people's faces on the sideline. He's not bashful about that. And, you know, you see a lot of players, you get to certain points at crucial points of a game, you'll see him turn around and start jaw jacking at the coach. You don't see that with the players on the sideline here. You don't. No. I think this team has the utmost respect for Nick Sirianni. The players that I've talked to love him. They love what he does. They love the fact that your head coach will wear a certain T-shirt with a caricature of one of his players on it, or you know, a, a catchy saying on his T-shirt. Right. You know, he's not. There's not this separation between I'm holier than thou. You know, he he welcomes suggestions from his players. He has his player committee, and I think that's huge. I think that's huge with any coach is that you have a a group of players that are veteran players, players you identify as leaders in that locker room. You have weekly meetings with them. Okay, give me the pulse of the pluses and the minuses. And not just just letting it fall in deaf ears, but taking actions to make it even better. As good as it is right now, Nick Sirianni is always looking to make it better for his team. You know, he respects his veteran players, giving them time off during the season. That's huge. Yep. You know, um, he knows when to push and when to pull back. And on the sideline, he's as animated as any coach in the NFL. But he's real. But he's real. Everything about him, from what I've heard, is genuine. There's nothing fake. He's the genuine article. And the players respect that. I agree with you. I, I, I think he's got a great pulse for these guys. I think he I think he knows how to connect with people. Uh, and that's – look, you got to be able to X and O to an extent. I get all that. You need to be able to delegate. You need to be on top of game plans. All that stuff is obviously huge. But I think you also – Chip Kelly's a great example. You have to be able to connect yes. with players and people if you're in a position of management or you're a boss. And I think that's one of the things Nick does very, very well. You know, he's fiery, yes. 
But I think also players see through somebody who's fake. And if he was like super fiery dude behind the scenes and this stoic guy on the sidelines, there's something disingenuous about that. And I think that they, they really do respect that and appreciate him, uh, repeat, appreciate that about him. And I, I think the, the biggest thing for me is it feels like every single week, this team is, is up for whomever the opponent is like this week could be a little bit of a challenge because Washington's not playing well, necessarily. You're coming off a big win over, over Miami and Dallas is on deck. So there could be sort of a weird in between thing here, but I don't think that'll be the case. I think they'll be ready. I do. I think they'll be ready for Washington. Here, here, here's what helps also, Rob. Sirianni came in in his first year. It was rough navigating. Started two and five. Sure. Turned around a team in his first year, got him to the playoffs. Second year gets them to the Super Bowl. Third year has them with the best record in the NFL through seven weeks. Right. Winning helps a lot of things in terms of getting players to believe in you, to buy into what you're selling. Um, there's a lot of harmony there because this team is a prominent team in the National Football League. They are a must-watch team in the National Football League. They are a talked-about team for all the right reasons across the board when it comes to the national as well as local media. There's very little you can find wrong. There's, there's just harmony, in-house harmony with this team winning breeds a lot of that as well, you know, because when you're a new coach and you come in players, especially veteran players, they're going to look at you side eye for a minute. Yep. You know, the coach steps to the, podium, yep. coach steps to the podium and gives that initial you rah rah speech about what he expects. And I think we have a great group of guys here, but players are going, okay, let me see. First of all, you've never been a head coach in the national football league. Yep. You're 30, you know, 30 something years old. Let me, let me see. Okay. And even think about it that first year. Even when they went through the rough waters of two and five, do we hear any grumbling? Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. And sure, sure enough, they, they stayed the course, they turned it around, and they got a taste of the playoffs. And you could see that things were going to look a lot better on the horizon. And Howie Roseman kept adding strategic pieces. It all has fit. There's a lot of times when you add pieces, they don't fit a system. They just don't. It's like trying to put that square peg in a round hole. It just doesn't fit. Everything he's done over the last few years has worked. From free agents to draft picks, it has worked for Howie. It has been a perfect storm for this organization for the last two-plus seasons. Totally has. Totally has. I agree with you. Um, all right, elsewhere. Um, you look at the NFC, Derek, and I'm not necessarily looking to do this as, as one of our power rankings, but <laughs> as we sit here right now, I still believe the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. And I think last week, really helped sort of solidify some things, um, you know, for sure from a defensive standpoint. Yes. But you've seen other teams also falter. You know, we've seen the 49ers now lose two straight weeks. Uh, yep. You know, the previous week to Cleveland, this week to Minnesota. We've seen Dallas lose two games already. Yep. We've seen the Lions come back to earth, you know, in a big way with Baltimore spanking them last week. Yep. And, and, and Seattle's been pretty solid, all things, you know, considered. They, yeah. Good team, good team, for sure. But I got to tell you, you know, out of all those teams, I still think the Eagles are the best team. I agree. In the NFC, I agree. I agree. And, and like I said, it hasn't been perfect for the Eagles. Defense, they're middle-of-the-road defense. It's a bend-but-don't-break defense. They make the necessary plays. But the bottom line is they've made enough plays to help put this team in a 6-1 and one position. Can't say that about the other teams. And the other teams are good teams. You know, I know people want to, oh, this team is trash, that team is trash. If you're really looking at the personnel of these other teams, they have good personnel. Yeah, It's just that they've stumbled one more time 
than the Eagles have. Mm-hmm. And as the season goes along, let's face it, Eagles are going to lose a few games. They're going to lose a few games. Sure. They, lo- they lost the game to, to, to the Jets. Um, I didn't think they would lose, but they lost. It happens. You know, 49ers got smoked by Minnesota. I didn't see that coming. No. You know, uh, it happens. Um, I didn't see Dallas losing to the Cardinals. I didn't you see know Dallas I mean? it's just, the Cardinals. It is a week-to-week league. People don't yeah. want to hear it, but it's true. It is a week-to-week league a lot of times. I didn't, I didn't see that. I, I picked San Francisco to beat Dallas. I didn't think Dallas would 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 bully Dallas the way they did. Yeah, it happens. It's happened. There's going to be a lot of it happens across the NFL. Look at look at every team. Yeah, except for Kansas. Outside of the Eagles, Kansas City has been the most consistent team in the NFL. Exactly. You know. Yeah. No question. I, and there's no doubt. Yeah. And in the game they lost, they were without Kelsey and Chris Jones. So you, 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 everything has to be taken into account. But Casey's also struggled in a lot of games where you didn't think they would struggle too. You know. On top no, of but that. but like the Eagles. They found a way to win. The Eagles yeah. have struggled in a couple of games. When you think about it, they they've struggled, but they find a way to win. And they have one loss. Casey has one loss. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- those two teams have separated themselves in terms of finding ways to get it done, where the other teams have not. You know, so you know when, when we talked about this in the show meeting, um, who are the best teams in the NFC? Again, we're not ranking them. We're yeah. just as we look at them right now. Yeah, I agree. So it's that from that standpoint, they've held up. Uh, you know, for lack of a better word, they've they've definitely held up this year to to where they are. I mean, and, and it's not to say there aren't areas improvement of improvement that they have to to hit. I mean, we talked about the turnovers with Jalen Hurts; he's got ten. Defensive takeaways is something that that they need to we need to see them improve uh, upon for sure. And then the red zone offense. You know, they're they're scoring points, but it's three points instead of seven points, which is the biggest difference I think between what we've seen this year and last year for them right. as an offense. They just, they have bogged down there a couple of times. They were better. I think they were four for six against the, uh, against the Dolphins. So that's good. Right? Uh, right. But it's not, it hasn't been throughout the year where it needs to be. So I would say those, is there anything else? The, the Hertz turnovers, the defensive takeaways, red zone, I think everything else is kind of working here. Yeah. Everything else is playing. If they get those three elements up, man, look out. But, I just think because of the way teams are defending them, I don't think the red zone. Now, the last two games, I believe the, the red zone was they were two for three in the red zone. You said four, four for six. Yeah, that was you said. Okay, so we've seen an improvement, but it's still not as fluid, and and it's going to be that way. You know, it, it just is. This is two thousand twenty three. We have to get past two thousand twenty two. Yeah, we have to get. It's, past it's hard not to always compare everything the last exactly. year. Right? And we talked about this going into this season. Everything this team does is going to be compared to last year, and, right. and understandable. It's not going to be that way. It's not going to be the perfect storm like it was a year ago. And even though it was the perfect storm, they still lost three games last year. You know, it happens. Mm-hmm. It just happens. How do you bounce back? Is the key. Yeah. How do you bounce back? You know, we were talking about the 49ers, Interestingly enough. Last year, the 49ers lost back-to-back games in week six and week seven. This year, 49ers have lost back-to-back games week six, week seven. And last year, they went on that tear. They did. I don't know if they're going to be that good this year. It looks like Brock Purdy now is a mere mortal. When you look yeah, at I mean, those two picks at the end of the game were bad. Uh, you know, yeah. Niners fans will tell you they were without Debo Samuel, you know, et cetera. Guess what? Every team's, Williams, you know, okay. yeah, every team's missing, you know, big parts, um, you, you know, for sure. Um, and that affects everybody. But, yeah, they um, 
you know, I, I think teams are doing a better job bottling up Christian McCaffrey in the running game. He still can hurt you in the passing game. We saw yep. that in yep. that game. But they've done a better job there. Purdy's looked a little bit more human. They haven't yep. really gotten Kittle going in a huge way this season as a team either. He hasn't really gone crazy yet uh, too much for them. So, right, right. yeah, well, Purdy's the real one to keep your eye on going forward. Uh, I just, just can he continue to play at that high level? We'll see. We'll see. And you're right. Minnesota certainly made him look human uh, in that game and, and uh, particularly at the end of the game. But that's two straight games where he had critical late turnovers yep. uh, in consecutive weeks. So, so, yeah. So, so, who did you pick as your top five? I went Eagles. So here is my order. I went Eagles one, 49ers two still, Cowboys three, Lions four, Seahawks five. We were we were we were um we were dead even the first three. I had Seattle four and Detroit five. Yeah, it's I mean, I think that's a coin toss. I do. Yeah. I think I can go either way. Um we'll see how Detroit bounces back. That was that was a game where they got they were down twenty eight nothing at the half to uh to Baltimore. Baltimore was playing really well. But Baltimore, Baltimore, put it Baltimore on. was up on them 35 zip. Yeah. It was a non competitive game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in fairness, they were probably due for a clunker. They had won four in a row. I don't, Detroit's not at that level where they're going to be end up being like a 13 and 14 and three or 13 and 14. No. They're not no, there yet. No. Yeah. All right. Let's come back and we will look at some of our all time collapses in Philadelphia sports. This one, this one could be tough. This one could be painful, Derek, but uh, we got to get through it. Uh, we'll get through it. NFL segment, we got a lot to do in the NFL segment as well, including we'll get into coaching hot seats around the NFL. That's one of the things we'll do in our NFL segment, among others. All right, he's Derek. I'm Rob. We are. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Sports Take, we're hanging out with you on this uh, tough, tough Wednesday, but we'll get through it, folks. Don't worry. All right, I want to tell you about blocks right now. Blocks, uh, did you know? that you can spend your PA tax dollars more efficiently. You can fund a scholarship for a student in need and get a 90% tax credit refund. Yes, Blocks, B-L-O-C-S, is the largest scholarship organization in Pennsylvania. They've raised $110 million in scholarship dollars last year. Uh, they've, they've awarded families who qualify for tuition assistance uh, more than 17,000 need-based scholarships annually. And you can direct your scholarship donation to any private or private or Catholic school in Pennsylvania. Participation in the program is simple and it takes only a few minutes. Send your check to Blocks, B-L-O-C-S, and they do the rest. It's that simple. B-L-O-C-S.org slash tax credit for more information. Development officers are standing by. If you have any questions, they will answer them. Uh, average HHI of Blocks residents is 55,000. Demand for tuition assistance outpaces the supply of tax credit scholarships by nearly three to one. 
There is little to no out-of-pocket cost to you to participate. Uh, for hundreds of dollars, you can fund a child's full-year tuition to a Catholic or private school. Blocks graduates 99% of their scholarship recipients versus 64% rate of the Philadelphia public schools. 96 cents of every dollar raised by Blocks goes directly into the hands of a family who qualifies for tuition assistance and can be used for scholarships and tuition. We'll be right back. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wolbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. What is up? Appreciate you hanging out with us. That handsome man is Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. <laughs> Just like you wrote it during the, the commercial break and told me to say, Derek. Uh, no, nah, it's great hanging out with everybody uh, on this Wednesday. We're we're getting through it. Tough loss for the Phillies, but, you know, upward and onward. And we, you know, look forward to the Eagles this weekend uh, against Washington. And then after that commander's game, it's the Cowboys. So, man, that, that the hype train will 
will crank up for that following week, man. We know that. That's for sure. Um, all right. So, Derek, just to, just to go back to last, last night and the culmination of that series for the Phillies, they led 2-0. They led in games three and games four in Arizona. So, worst case, you probably should have come out of Arizona up or, or come out of there, you know, what, 3-0, 3-1. Let's say 3-1. 3-1, yeah. <clears throat> or not come out. And then you would have been going into a game five with Wheeler on the mound. Yep. But – they let them hang around, and to Arizona's credit, they earned it. They came here, and they won two games on the road um, again in a place where nobody had won all postseason. So huge props to them. But nonetheless, you know, we can be as nice about this as we want. Derek, that was a collapse by the Phillies, and they um, fell apart. You know you know what's funny, Rob? And I'm going to go to this real quick because I always love when, when, when Philadelphia fans are upset um, – they come up with some great comments. And so um, I had put out there last night, as soon as the game was over, this will go down as one of the most epic collapses in Philadelphia sports sports history. And some of the comments were, um, it's a familiar pattern, unfortunately. Agreed, certain players will never live this down. Overpaid underperformers. Um, as big a failure as 2010-2011 combined. The worst collapse I've ever seen. Season ended when Kimbrough blew it. Uh, let's see. Collapse and Philadelphia go together like peanut butter and jelly, bro. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, bad culture strikes again, fellas. Uh, it, just, it just goes on and on and on. Oh, this is my favorite one. We are Charlie Brown to Philly sports team's Lucy. <laughs> She convinces, she convinces him every time she won't pull the ball away, and every time she does. Yeah. Uh, that's a great one. That's, it's, great that's one. all that is I, I gotta laugh at that one. That that is a good one. That is a good line. Yeah. And we were all we were all Charlie Brown after those first two wins. Think about it. they won game two, 10 nothing, Derek. I thought that's when Arizona was dead. Yeah, they, that, they just destroyed him. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Yeah, they, they all scored Arizona the first two games 15 to 3. And I'm thinking. Yeah. Arizona, you know, all this hyperboil about them undefeated through the first two rounds of the playoffs. Cinderella team, junkyard dogs. And when the Phillies smacked them the first two games, I'm thinking, well, they finally came back to reality. Phillies were up on them in game three. I'm thinking, okay, they're just playing out the season now. You gave that team life when you lost that lead in the third game. And then you come back the very next night, you do the same thing. You had a three-run lead. You had a five-to-two lead. And you let this light-hitting team that just pecks away at you, come back and steal your momentum from you. And when you, when you took it back in game five, I'm thinking, okay, Phillies learned their lesson. They're coming home. One of the loudest stadiums in all of pro baseball. There's no way a team that has not lost a playoff game at home, didn't lose a home game to the likes of the Atlanta Braves, is going to come in here and let this team that backed into the playoffs win not two games, one game mm -hmm. in your stadium. Yeah, they yep. shut you down. Their backs were against the wall in Game Six. They shut you down. They held you to five hits in one run in, 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 in at home in a pivotal Game Six, and you basically let them say, "We can beat this crowd. We can beat this powerhouse team." Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, Game Seven told the story. They did it, and then some. Yep, they did it, and then some. Derek. All right. So thinking in those terms. We've seen some bad ones over the years. You've seen some bad ones since you've been here. I mean, you've been here for 26 years. 
uh, yep. in Philadelphia. You've seen some bad ones. I've seen some bad ones as well. So I, I'm looking at this and, and and trying to figure out where this ranks. You know, and if you just think about recent, Eagles were up 10 at halftime in the Super yeah. Bowl and lost yeah. by three. Lost. Yep. The Phillies went to a game six. Rob Thompson yanks Wheeler, who was dealing, yep. only to give up a, you know, a, a freaking bomb. And they lose yep. in game six. Yep. The, the union lost in, in, in what, overtime, whatever, penalty kicks, you know, in, in their championship. Yeah. Yeah, so we've had our, our share lately of, you know, kick, kicks in the jewels here, Derek. All right? So if you're looking at all-time collapses, for me, for me, this for me doesn't rank as number one. What ranks as number one for me is 2002, final game of the <laughs> Bay Bucks. All the hype going in. The Eagles had owned the Bucs going into that game. They had beaten them in the playoffs. They had beaten them the regular season. Tampa Bay never traveled well in cold weather. Under 32 degrees, below the freezing mark. Nope. Record. Nope. They, they had never won a game or a big game or something like that. It's the last game at the vet. There's all the hype in the world. Brian Mitchell, our friend of the show, takes a kick almost all the way back. He takes it real deep. Deuce punches it in. It's 7-0. The place is going insane Definitely. i'm there that You're place there. is rocking you know? my, yeah, my yeah. ears were my ears were ringing in the yeah. first quarter so and everybody's gonna, get this keep this in mind yeah. my ears were ringing i'm in a press box with glass that that, that kind of mutes a lot of the yeah, noise soundproof yeah it's, it's through the, the sounds through the roof so so roof. that happens and all of a sudden again like last night in slow motion it all st- starts to come apart. There's so many Joe Jaravicious. There's a million other things that happen in that game uh, to where the Eagles end up losing. Rondé Barber gets the pick. Or he's still running right at this point. He's still running with that. Um, so many things that happened in that game. That to me, because the, if the Eagles would have won that, they would have went to the Super Bowl and played the Raiders in San Diego. They, they would have beaten the Raiders. I, I'm okay. very confident in that. For that the game to, to fall apart the way that it did and for them to lose at their place the way that they did, to, to go not going out with a bang, going out with a whimper in Veteran Stadium, that to me, even when the Eagles came back and won the Super Bowl in, 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 you know, in Super Bowl 52, there's still a little bit of that one that I wear. That to me is my number one in, in terms of collapses that I've seen. Now, let me give you a couple that were predate you, Derek, but you, I'm sure you remember them as a sports fan. The Sixers in 1981 got up 3-1 on the Celtics, their hated rival. And this is when it was really a rivalry. And the Sixers didn't get their butts kicked by the by the Celtics every single time. Yeah. But the Sixers got up 3-1 with Julius Irving and that crew and, and fell apart. They proceeded to lose the next three games. Boston wins the series. I, I was a kid, and I was devastated by that one. That was a bad one. It was a bad one. Um, 2011 Phillies is bad, too, because it symbolized the end of an era. Yes. Seven to 11. The Phillies were an excellent team. They won it in 08, went to the world series in 09, 2011. They had Roy Halladay. They had Cliff Lee. They had Cole Hamels. They were stacked. They were absolutely loaded with pitching. Didn't it, didn't it win over a hundred games that year? One, 102 wins. 102 wins. Club record. They win the first game. They lose the second game with Cliff Lee on the mound. It's a five game series, mind you. Okay. It, Cause it's an NLDS. It wasn't an S, a CS. It was a DS. They lose game two up four nothing with the great, the quote unquote great Cliff Lee on the mound. So they lose that game. They fight back and win game three on, on a home run by uh, Ben Francisco, believe it or not. Then they lose game four 
They come back for game five. It's Roy Halladay against Matt Carpenter. Okay. Like a big time pitching matchup. Chris Carpenter, big time pitching matchup. Uh, Halliday's Achilles heel was always giving up an early run. He gave up one run in the first inning and proceeded to shut them down the rest of the way. The Phillies couldn't score. The game ends. Ryan Howard hits a ball, starts to run to first base, yeah. blows his Achilles out. It was awful. He crumples to the ground in pain. Fans don't know what's going on. They're booing. They're, pissed they're off. booing. Yep. It was awful. But it symbolized this is the end of this. Like we're ne- it's never going to look the same again. And it never did look the same. So I would go, I would put Eagles vet. I would put 81 Sixers. I would put 11 Phillies and then this Phillies. If I was kind of ranking them in my lifetime, I didn't see 64. That's before my time when the Phillies collapsed in 64 and all that. I would also add their first year at the link. They face a Carolina squad that in no way, shape, or form should have beaten the Eagles. Now, Donovan got hurt that game, but still played through it. Yeah. Carolina comes in here. Everybody on the planet just knew the Eagles were going to walk through Carolina. Carolina comes in here, holds them to three points, and beats them 14 to three in the Eagles' backyard. And some 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 uh no-name cornerback has the game of his life of his lifetime uh for Carolina. Uh, Manning. Was it Ricky Manning? Ricky Manning has a game of a lifetime against the Eagles. I mean, he basically punt. He just punked. Eagles wide receivers the whole game. You know. And people were just shocked. So so you close out the vet the previous year, and Eagles had everything to play for. Best team. It's signature moment to close out a historic vet stadium against the team you had owned, against the team all the odds were against weather-wise. They come in here, and on top of that, the Eagles are driving towards the touchdown when Rondé Barber steps in front of the pass. Yep, you still feel like there was life, you know? Yeah. Rob, I'll never forget that. The, me- the, the media press box, which was packed outside of Tampa Bay media, which was let out a roar. And, you know, the, the, the unwritten ethical thing to do is in the press box and the, and, and the PR announcer yeah. will announce every game, whether it's home or away, please no cheering in the press box. Correct. You know, be be professional, no cheering in the press box. Yeah. Of course, in the Philadelphia media, we had a certain few. I'm not going to say any names. We had a certain few that when things were going good or bad for the the Eagles through the years, you know, they would let out a cheer or they would drop an F-bomb. What the F are they doing? To the point, a certain member of the media one year was asked to leave the press box. A prominent member of the the media. No kidding. Wow. Was asked to leave the press box. And at other times, there were conversations between the Eagles PR staff and certain members of the Philadelphia um, writing media. Uh, they had to have discussions about, can you please tone it down? Mm-hmm. So on and so forth, which was funny to us, but understandable. Yeah. But when Rondé Barber picked off that pass, a hush went over that stadium. Like I've never heard before. It went, it went from anticipation euphoric because the Eagles were driving. They were inside the, the 10 yard line. I believe inside the 15. And Donovan throws that out pass, and all of a sudden, Rondé Barber's standing there like he was a primary receiver. 
and walked into the house. And, and that was a, that was like a slow motion as he was running down the field. Like, you, you know what I mean? It felt like it took – like I was talking about last night's game. Rondé yeah. Barber running just took – it was like one of those old NFL films, you know, it's slow-mo. <laughs> yeah. You saw pe- – before he got to the end zone, you saw a wave of people just get up out of their seats and slowly walk out of the stadium. I've never seen people leaving a stadium more depressed yeah. and down yeah. in my life. That was one of the most depressing games I've ever had to de- I had to cover. Yeah. Period in my lifetime. Um, I'll never forget that moment. And then to come back the next year and lose to Carolina the way they did, oh. held to three points. Now, granted, your receivers in were with Todd Pinkston, James Thrash. They were just got getting straight punked. They were just they getting were beaten down like by physical. Long. It finally was the thing that drove Andy to get a real receiver. It really- yep. If it served as any any purpose, it was that. And it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it led T.O. to say when they were going to play Carolina the next year, Ricky Manning don't want none of this. And at that yeah. time, Ricky Manning was, was in Chicago. He was That's playing right. Chicago. Yeah. Ricky Manning don't want none of this. Even T.O. came to town knowing what Ricky Manning had done to the Eagles. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And T.O. went out and punked Ricky Manning. Ricky Manning couldn't do anything with T.O. that day. Yep. You talk about epic. And, and, and Robin, the 20-plus years I've been here, especially when I was on the Eagles beat, you know, we see fans. Um, I, I, I was sitting with fans, talking with fans in airport waiting areas, even on planes. When we would be out and about walking around town doing stories, they're going to eat. Eagle fans, D-Gun, can't we have nice things too? There was so much misery. Can't we have that? So when they finally won that Super Bowl, there was such a feeling of emotion because they had been left behind so many times the team had betrayed them so many times yeah. when everybody thought that this was their moment. Yep. That this was not, and I loved it when they you finally, captured that very well. You're right on with that, by the way. Rob, this was just that Super Bowl win in, in 17 was not for that moment. It was generational. Correct. I can't tell you how many people I talked to because I'm I'm at the end, I'm at the finish line of the parade route. Yeah. And I'm interviewing fans and I, you know, obviously former players. And the thing that really got to me, and, and, and when I watched our other reporters at Strategic Spots interviewing fans as well, there were people that brought urns with, with former members' ashes in them standing sure. on the sideline. There were people that sprinkled ashes along the parade route. This is for my father, for my grandfather, for my uncle, yeah. my, my brother who's not here. Um, people crying True. up and down the parade routes. Because so many years of frustration, so many decades of frustration had finally been erased. I'd never seen anything like this. It was incredible. It was. And you're right. And I like it meant it, it, because if you think about it, Derek, there was such a, 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 a distance. It's such a length of time between winning it. Like they went from 60 to 2017. Yeah, that's a that's 57 years of not winning championships, which meant so, some people who were young, like Older people, no, I don't mean in any disrespectful way. Older folks were were very young people at the time. You know, they they may have been ten years old, and all of a sudden, you went from ten to being sixty seven years old. You went from from being, you know, twenty to being seventy seven. Like you thought you'd never. What I mean by that is you thought you'd never see a championship again in your lifetime. My dad used to say it all the time. I'm never going to see them win another one. Now he he lived long enough to see them win it. Thank God, and I'm happy about that. But he never saw. He, he thought he would never see it. You had you had people who were my age, who just never thought we'd see a championship ever. They were just going to kill us every single time and get close. 
so it was good. And, and I was happy for younger people because they didn't have to wear the scarlet letter of the Eagles never winning a championship. It was, it was like, so if you got like three different generations of people got like cured by that Super Bowl win, man, I'm telling you. You look at the progression historically from 60 to 80, they don't get a taste of what a Super Bowl is. They Finally, a Ron Jaworski led team, Dick Vermeil team gets to the Super Bowl. Yeah. People are excited. They get blown out by the Raiders. Kill 27 10 was the final. Then, trust then, they, then they go from 80 to 2004 before they get another shot at the Super Bowl. They've got T.O. They're going to take down the, the hated New England Patriots. They fall short. Donovan throws two picks in that game. Yeah. They lose that game. They were built to win it. They were they were built to get back there the next year, 2005. T.O. losing his mind, coupled by injuries like I haven't seen in a long time. Yep. In front, and that's even more injuries than what they had in 2017. Way more. Way more. So then you have to go through that experience of not even getting close because they go from having the best record in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl in 04 to finishing 6-10 and 10 in 05 because of T.O. and a multitude of injuries. And then you look at along the way. They get another shot. At Tampa Bay, or oh, before, well, even before that, Tampa Bay, Carolina. You know, you finally get there in 17. You finally get there and you erase histories of frustrations. You get another shot. And here we go again. You go from the highest of highs to slowest, lowest of lows. You finally get back there in 2022. You're the best offense in the league, potent offense. You have a 10 point lead at halftime against Kansas City. You're losing. Your defense is nowhere to be found in the second half of that Super Bowl. You're losing. And the thing that hurts the most is fans had to sit there in person and on TV and watch Kansas City walk down the field that last drive. It was like a slow, it was almost like Rondé Barber picking off that same thing. It had that same slow death feel to it, Derek, that last night had, that Rondé Barber had. We, We all knew it. We all knew it. We they weren't able to stop them. Kansas City milked the clock masterfully, and boom, there's the field goal. And you know you're left with try to do some miracle play, whatever. I mean, but we knew it was over at that point. You're pleading, you're begging the football guys, please. We haven't made a play the whole second half defensively. Please, just one play. This all yeah. yes, just one play, one drop pass, one fumble, just one incompletion. Kansas City was meticulous all the way down the field. Brilliant. And running back, when the running back sat down the goal line, that was the final win in this sale taken out. Yep, absolutely. Hey, let me give you this real quick. Uh, Nick Sirianni says just now, uh, regarding Jalen Hurts playing this week, we're confident uh, doing a walkthrough today, have a better idea tomorrow at practice. He's feeling better. We anticipate him playing with no restrictions, uh, but it won't be easy. Okay, see, so he did say see. that. See what he I said, mean? we anticipate him to go, but that doesn't mean it's easy. See what I mean? See, there's more to this, but he's going to fight through it. He's going to fight through it. But I hope he doesn't fight through it to the point where one play, one fluke hit. You know, how many plays have we seen this year? We see this every year. Uh, uh, offensive lineman, somebody blocking, a quarterback looking the other way, and all of a sudden a sea of humanity falls on your leg or ankle. <laughs> Yeah, that you're no, I'm, I'm laughing at the sea of humanity line, but you're right. Yeah, you're right. right. I mean, you, you got you, if, if two guys, if two offensive linemen fall along, I mean, if, if two linemen, an oh, offensive lineman, look, and look at Lane Johnson in the Jets game, dude, you know, you got rolled up one. 
six to seven hundred pounds. Now, see, it's a little different when you can see it coming and brace for it. Yeah. But when you're engaged in something else and this part of your body is not protected, what are you going to do? Nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. That's the luck of the draw of football. You, you either get lucky or you don't get lucky. And sometimes yeah, you don't six, get lucky. Six, seven hundred pounds won't coming down on your knee sideways or ankle. No question. Look what happened to uh, Isaiah Wynn. He's on IR because of a play like that. Yes. Yep. It's a fluke play. Look, Lane Johnson, you know, and, and see, like, Jalen Hurts came out and said, we'll see. Now the coach comes out and says today, what did he say? It won't be easy. We're confident he'll be ready, but it, that doesn't mean it'll be easy, is what he said. What does that mean? I see? don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, also, Kevin Byard, uh, yeah. according to Sirianni, we're hopeful he'll have no limitations on Sunday, meaning he's going to get a lot of snaps. I mean, think about how quickly they got they got Bradley Roby in there. And Bradley Roby's not the player Kevin Byard is. And no, they hey, got Bradley Roby in there up to speed, and he more than held his own. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of Kevin Byard on Sunday. Look, look, look what happened to Roby. One game, boom, gone. Yeah. Shoulder, gone. Yeah. 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 But not you're right. I do, think, I do think Roby's going to be in there. You, you're going to have to because you got rid of Terrell Edmonds. So you got to get him in there as quick as possible. And I'm sure, you know, every team, they play similar concepts, different, different terminology. It's just a matter of him getting on the same play, page with the personnel he's playing with. It may not be perfect, but because of his experience and his battle-tested resume, I think he's automatically an improvement over Terrell, Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. No question about that. So No, I agree. I, I think that uh, – oh, and he's going to wear 31, by the way, so uh, Eli Ricks is going to go to 37. For, okay. So if you're watching the game and you're thinking, isn't that Eli Ricks? No, Bayard, the young kid, gave up his number because that's the number Bayard wore. You know, this happens all the time, but anyway. Yeah, I, wonder, I wonder if he had to grease the palms of, of the young rookie just a little bit. He should he should have taken kid care of him a little bit. Break him off something, right? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, break him off something, you know? At least at oh, least man. take him out, get, give, give him something for a nice dinner. Something, nice something. seafood steak dinner, something, 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 exactly, you know? man, exactly. You got you to you 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 do right by the kid, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah, so. But that's it. I mean, I don't know if I missed it. 77 Sixers. I saw Sills talk about the 76 Flyers. That was a shame. 76 Flyers. Bernie Perrott got a stick in the eye. Had he not gotten injured, and it, and it impacted his career, unfortunately, they would have won at least one more of that Flyers team. They would have had at least three, uh, and they won two. But um, 77 Phillies, Black Friday, 77 Sixers, up 2-0 in the NBA Finals, lost four straight to the Blazers. Uh, I mentioned the 81 Sixers. You know, I mean, let's not let's not overlook last year in that Super Bowl, man. When you're up ten at the half, that's that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. But so anyway, yeah, we we we've seen it, man. We've lived it. Uh, that's for sure. All right, we're gonna come back and talk the, about the NFL, Derek. We'll give you a couple updates on a few things. Uh, Saquon Barkley potential trade. What's going on with Deshaun Watson? Um, tons of other things, including coaching hot seats, which we will get into. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn, 64 Phillies also. Uh, don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be very challenging, right? And I'm right there in the front of the line. I can tell you that. But I can tell you from personal experience that someone I trust with my finances is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, you need help with your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollers with Jim, and it has been absolutely smooth and it's been enlightening. I can ask him any kind of questions. He's always available. He, he is awesome. Give him a call, 610 
610-996-4751. Or you could email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are back. Yes, we are. Appreciate you hanging with us. We're Sports Take. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's hit the like button if we could. Friends, all right, a couple things here, Derek. Uh, Brian Dable, who, who was meeting with the media earlier today, said that he assured Saquon Barkley that he will not be traded. Uh, trade deadline coming up in six days from now. He said, you are you will be a giant throughout the course of the season. We know he's only on a one-year deal, so who knows what the future holds. Right. But there was a lot of speculation that he might be dealt. Saquon was on record as saying, I don't want to be dealt. Brian Dable told him, we are not trading you. So. I'm not surprised by that one. When, when stories like that come out, and obviously in the, in the media, and whether whether the media has inside knowledge of talking to someone or not, you know, the, if it starts going through a player's mind, things start swirling through a player's mind, and 
when you think about the offseason engagement between Saquon and the Giants organization, it was a little strenuous at times. Yep. It was strange at times. So, yeah. you know, for your coach to come out, obviously you have a talk with the brain trust upstairs. And, you know, you look at you look at how the Giants came back as, as bad as their season has been. They came back, played a great game on both sides of the ball against uh, the likes of Washington. You know, the mindset is this thing ain't over yet. There's still plenty of football to be played. And our best chance is having that guy right there on this team. Because yeah. if you give him up now, I might lose this team for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You yeah, know, so. and the other thing is, like, this guy gives you – I mean, he what did he – he dislocated his elbow or he hyperstand. He still played. I mean, that dude is tough. Dude, that dude right. is tough. You know, so that's good. So now the player, all he has to do is focus on playing football. Teammates are more than happy because the teammates know, hey, look, man, you need to keep this dude here. You yeah. know, what are you, what, are you, what are you saying to us? Exactly. What are you telling us? And we're out here fighting every day trying to turn this thing around. Yeah, are we punting on the season? I mean, I, that's what I'd be wondering if I was in, in the Titans locker room. You know, you had guys. Ed Tannehill came out today today and said we lost the cornerstone of our team, and yep. Kevin Byard. See? You know, so you got to be wondering what the heck's happening there if you're them. You, you're two and four, and you turn around and give a cornerstone of your team away. Are you basically telling us you've conceded the season? You know, six games into the season, you're, is that what you're telling us? Because how do you, you know you expect us to go out here in blood, sweat, and tears and put our bodies on the line, and you're giving away pieces that could help us? Yeah, it's not a good look. Not a no, good look at all. Not a good look at all. I would agree with you. Uh, all right. Beyond that, the uh, the Deshaun Watson thing continues. He's not practicing again today, Derek. Uh, this has been sort of an ongoing thing, uh, you know, with him and the Browns. The Browns cleared him. He 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 said he he has a he's still having issues with his rotator cuff. You know, kind of back and forth on the heels of that, they have signed PJ Walker. This is this, the ultimate no brainer, right? to the active roster. This guy's been doing this. He's won the last two weeks, you know, basically not even being on the active roster yet. The guy deserves backup quarterback money. At least give me a break, yeah. but you know, that's a different story. Um, there's a lot going on with this Watson thing. You know, I'm not sure exactly you know, where things stand, but he's not practicing. doesn't look like at least right now that he's going to be able to go this week. Uh, his, his quarterback guru, this guy isn't associated with the team, but he's, it's just one of his personal guys that he works out with. Quincy Avery had a back and forth with, of all people, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn was questioning how much, you know, Deshaun Watson wanted it. He, he, he basically equated it to a trust fund baby. Why would a trust fund baby go out there and work hard? Because Deshaun Watson has all that guaranteed money. Avery shot back saying, you shouldn't be speaking on things you don't know about. Meaning I, the implication there is he's a lot more hurt than people are, you know, letting on. But anyway, they have this old back and forth. I, I agree with Avery. Yeah. Why is a bumpy Brady Quinn? What did Brady <laughs> Quinn do as a professional quarterback? Nothing. Who is Brady Quinn? <laughs> why, why are you, why are you making statements like that just to generate clicks? I mean, he's, he's a, yeah, he's a contact. He, he does a podcast. He does Fox, uh, their, their, their college pregame show is saying, I, I, I hear you, though. I hear you. See, this this is like Chris Sims type stuff. Right. And I'm not saying he's is as deliberate as Chris is, but you played the game. You have to look at your resume and realize, am I really the one that should be out there saying things like this? But he did it. Yeah. See, you know, that doesn't make you look, look good, considering that when you look at your professional resume, number one, you ain't come close to making that kind of money. And number right. two, you know what it's like for a quarterback to play hurt, to play through pain, especially in a throwing shoulder. 
you know, so you need to have a little bit more compassion in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I don't know what's going to happen here at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be funny to, to see what ends up happening there. I, I, they, cause they're not, nobody's going anywhere. I mean, Deshaun's not going anywhere. He's got guaranteed money. He's not tradable. No. So, you know, he's telling you he's hurt. You, you, you really, even if you don't buy it necessarily, if you're Cleveland, you, you got to buy it. You, you got to just say, man, do what you got to do to heal up. We'll see. See what ends up happening there. Um, but, it, but, you know, in the meantime, they played pretty decent football. However, uh, Robert Ursay, who's always a loose cannon, right? We, we, we know that much. Or did I say, did I say Robert, uh, Jim Ursay, right? Jim Ursay, Jim. Yeah. Uh, Jim Ursay has come out and said that basically the league told us, told me, uh, and they're admitting as much that they blew two calls at the end of that game. There was an illegal contact and a pass interference. For once, I'm going to agree with Ursay. He's right. I mean, they did get jobbed at the end of that game. I said that from day one. And the thing is, that was in that was in uh, Indy's backyard. Usually, they get they get the home calls like that. They got jobbed on the same series mm-hmm. twice on PI calls that were not pass interference. No, which gave Cleveland the game. You know, that get, and see. Okay, so the league admits it now. You, you, you're going to change it from a from an L to a W? No, nope. So, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I almost would rather you not even say anything. Like, it's going to tick me off more. Okay, you admitted it. Now what? We still yeah. lost. <laughs> what difference does it make? I don't think India is a playoff team, but what if they're still in the picture? They can come back to this game and possibly cost them a playoff a, a, a playoff spot. Yeah, you know, um, they would be they would be the story of the year. If Indianapolis with the nucleus of offensive players they have, if they somehow found a way to get into the playoffs. Uh, that would be probably the story of the year. Yep. Um, Agreed. I agree with you, by the way. Um, and, and, and Stefanski made it official. P.J. Walker will start this week, so we're not going to see Watson again for what it's worth. And Shane Steigen has to be heavily considered. If that's the case, it's coach of the year. He's he's part. working miracles. He is. They almost won, and and, and uh, Minshew turned it over five times. He made some plays for them, too. But, man, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he's doing a nice job. Look, he Minshew does. turned it over five times. And Indy still scored, put up 38 points yeah. on Cleveland's defense. Right. Yeah, right on. <laughs> That's coaching, dude. I'm telling you. It is. It is. No, Steichen's, Steichen, Steichen and uh, I would say Steichen and D'Amico Ryans yes. have done more with less yes. uh, this year than any coaches. And th- those guys both deserve major, major props, man. And, and, D'Amico, and D'Amico has D'Amico has young talent that's that's blossoming a lot quicker than Maybe they even thought that. I like Houston's future. Their their futures. I do too. I do too. Yep. You know they got two cornerstones at quarterback and a defensive end um, for years to come. I like where Houston is going right now. Big time. Big time. Uh, Kareem Jackson. We talked about this a lot yesterday, Derek. Uh, He of the uh, the cheap shots. He's appealed the four game ban that he got, and he's got it knocked down to two. Derek Brooks. uh, was the guy who ultimately made the decision. So. I would say this. He got it knocked down to two. If he does, he even breathes the wrong way. He's going to get smacked the next time really hard by the league. I can promise you that. I wonder if I wonder if he'll change his style of play, Rob. He's been, you know, the, the hit he put on Logan Thomas oh. would have been a four-game suspension by itself. Yeah. He launched his body and caught him right under the chin with the helmet. Really cheap. And then he did it again in, in the game against the Packers. Mm-hmm. And all he got was two games, so it's going to cost him a little over a million instead of over two million. Yeah, you know, you basically a million, a million is still a million bucks, but I wouldn't reduce that. You know, 
And the thing is, the people that make the decision are former players, James Thrash and Derek Brooks. Yep. You should know, but come on. And John Runyon's ahead of the committee. Yeah. So all yeah. three of these guys know. Yeah. You know They've all lived it. <laughs> They've lived it. I mean, seriously. Yeah. You were, dude, this dude has had consecutive games where he's done this. Yes. And all he got was two games out of this? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I, hey, listen. He's lucky. He should count himself lucky. Honest to God. Like, what what he does, we could argue a lot of things now about, like, you know, like even the Eagles game, for example. There was a play on Christian Wilkins where Hertz throws it. Wilkins takes one step, and he pushed him. He didn't drill him. Right. And he got a flag for, you know, a late hit or whatever. Like, to me, that kind of stuff is BS. I get why they're doing it, but that kind of stuff is BS. That is not what we're talking about here. This guy, Kareem Jackson, is a headhunter, and he's a dirty player. So, he, in my opinion, he deserves whatever he gets. Yeah. Um, all right, beyond that, you know, this one, you feel, you feel for the, the person involved. Marvin Jones Jr., the receiver from the Lions. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they, they gave him his release and this was not Detroit doing anything wrong. He, he needed time to, to go deal with the family issue. In fact, he sent like a, Hey, much love Detroit, love the organization, all that kind of stuff thing out. Uh, but he's, he's dealing with something. So he, he may not be a line again, he, but he's away from the team for sure. And, and just trying to handle some stuff. Well, you know, he, he's a very good player. Um, yeah. And in a situation like this for, Detroit to cut him to, to deal with it must be really serious, whatever it is. Yeah. Because you can put him on 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 leave, um, you know, and just say he will not be with the team. But they he he wanted his release. Yeah. You know, from the team. For whatever, for whatever reason, he wanted his release. Um, and so um, you know, whatever it is, you know, people are praying for you, man. Um, and, and hopefully, I hope it comes out for the better. But for him to just want to step away from football, period. You know, we see players all the time that, that get personal leave for, for certain things for a week or two. Yeah. But to basically have Detroit agree to cut him, it must be pretty serious for yeah. him to do yeah. that. Yeah, hope everything uh, hope everything works out there for sure. Um, Arthur Smith, you know, we've there's been this weird thing with B. John Robinson, what, what his injury status was, and the league was looking into it and all that kind of stuff. They opened an inquiry into it. Um, and Arthur Smith said today, you know, you're talking about sensationalizing things. I understand the outrage and the drama sells guys. Uh, but if you really understand how things operate, there's nothing here. Mm. So I don't know what I haven't given you one second. I haven't given one second of thought to it. Uh, you know, he, he said, basically Robinson said after the game that he was, he started feeling weird Saturday night, woke up Sunday, still not feeling well, suffering from headaches. He was administered a COVID-19 test. He went through covid I'm, I'm sorry, concussion protocol, you, you know, nothing. And, and Smith decided, yeah, we dressed him, but I didn't give him a lot of touches. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just as simple as the guy wasn't feeling great. He was dressed and, yeah, I didn't want to put him out there. I, I don't know. I mean, we do – sometimes we do dig in on things. This doesn't seem like it's that big a deal to me. Yeah, I, I yeah. It could have been It could have been flu symptoms, you know, yeah. anything. You know, people get headaches with the flu and all that stuff. Yep. But to me, from the way you described it and from the way it came out, um, to me it sounds like concussion symptoms you know but he went through the concussion protocol and i guess he cleared that but you know yeah that, I don't know. that's a little weird that, it's, that, the whole, that, it is we I, I, admittedly it is strange it is you know, you know for sure all right a couple things so we mentioned aj brown offensive player of the week uh for the nfc offensive player of the week for the afc lamar jackson gunner quietly starting to really come on and put together an excellent season in baltimore starting to ascend uh, Miles Garrett gets the AFC 
player of the week uh, for Cleveland. Um, so, you know, he, he's just been, you know, a one man wrecking crew, but uh, just to back to, um, to Lamar here for a second and Baltimore is you know, pretty hot right now. They're five and two, his stats pretty good for the season. So yep. he is uh, over 1600 yards passing eight touchdowns, three picks. Uh, he's got a one oh one point nine passer rating. He's also rushed for 363 yards, 5.3 yards per carry. Yeah, I think I think it took him a little a minute in the beginning of the season to sort of get back, but it looks like he's starting to get back to you know pretty high status here. He's completing seventy one percent of his passes. I mean, it's a great number. That that is well and above what Lamar has done as a passer in, in his career. Now he's had some good years passing, but nothing like this. I mean, yeah. before this year, his best year period was sixty four was sixty six sixty six percent. His second year in the league. Every year after that has been 64, 64, 62. Now he's up to 71. And he's cut down on his sacks. Now, he is not a lot of guy, he's not a guy who gets sacked a lot, except in 2021, he was sacked 38 times. Right. Because of his elusiveness and elusiveness. And of course, last year he missed 10 games. Right. So that cuts it down a lot too. But I tell you what, he came out. I, I, I can't forget that he came out. And basically said, we're going to be more vertical with the speed they added at wide receiver. We're going to be a more vertical offense, which I thought meant that he was going to cut down more on his running. And yet here we are. He's the leading rusher on the team. Now, I understand it. They lost J.K. Dobbins for the season, but they still have, you know, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Melvin Gordon Jr. They have three decent running backs. Mm -hmm. But here he is. He's still the leading rusher. Now, he's done it on 69 carries compared to. The leading carrier is Gus Edwards with 86. So he's running out of necessity a lot, but he's still he's still a lean rusher. Yeah. Still a lean rusher on his team. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely something you want to uh you want to clean up, man. Um Jerry Jones willing to spend the money needed to grow a light system that will allow grass to be used at ATT Stadium, but for soccer, not for football. What? Stupid. If you if you put the grass in, what are you going to do? Put turf over the top of it for football games? No. What do you mean not for football? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Th Derek, this is where the NFLPA has to say, we're not playing anymore unless it's grass. That's it. You guys figure this out, man. Yeah. We, we yeah. can't do it anymore. There's there's too much. Uh, you know, these guys, they're, they're, their legs are getting shredded. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Um. Why would you own it when you know this is such a sensitive topic? The NFLPA wants grass put in, in every stadium. As an owner of a team who employs a bunch of players whose sentiment leans towards we want natural grass back on the playing field, why would you say I'll do it for one sport, not the other? Can you really – here again, isn't that stupid? Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, it, it's ridiculously dumb. It is. It is ridiculously dumb. All right. Jalen Hurts just meeting with the media now. Uh, didn't say much on the knee injury. Makes it clear he wasn't hurt while running and doesn't believe that's ever been the case for him. Uh, everything has come in the pocket in terms of injuries for him is, is, I guess, you know, what he's saying. We'll get more from him. This is he's just meeting with the media now. I'll pass along anything I get. Okay, uh, well, they're not going to change it now. I mean, they want him to be more of a pocket presence. And if he is uh, gimpier than expected, that plays into defensive teams trying to corral him to keep him in that pocket. Right. You know, because he's done a phenomenal job the last two years of dipping and ducking and escaping and floating outside. 
and looking down the field. But eventually, again, coordinators are going to change their attack a little bit. All right, take away this seam from him. He seems to like this. Here's what he seems to like. He seems to like to duck between the tackle and the guard. We need somebody to to float him back towards the outside, more so than letting him slip up and under to the inside. There's going to be adjustments, man. And see, all of this little stuff keeps coming out, which is feeding into coordinators trying to defend him even more so. And when you got Steve Spagnola, Dan Quinn coming up that are going to try to defend against him, you're playing into the defensive concepts of how they're going to try to attack you. You know, and every day, every time Sirianni and and Hertz comes out, a little bit more is said. How about this? A little, a little bit more vague statement is made in terms of, we'll see. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we we assume he's going to be there, but it won't be easy. What the heck does all this mean? So let me give you a little more. Um, he says he's getting accustomed to playing with the knee issue, meaning this goes back a while, in my opinion. That's my read between the lines. And playing with the knee brace is not a problem. Nick Sirianni is optimistic that Jalen will play on Sunday. So – Again, Jalen said he's taking it day to day. He's getting accustomed to playing with the knee issue. So this this is why Derek he's been so hesitant all year. I think. So I really. We, so yeah. when did this happen? We don't was know. It, was it the first game? When, he when said, "I don't think I've ever been banged up as a runner. All my injuries have come in the pocket." He, he seems to be on this this thing where he's you know it's not about his running. Whatever. I, I mean, to me, however you whatever whatever the circumstances, it doesn't really matter. He's taking um, a lot of shots in the pocket. There's no question about that. Yeah. You know, so um you don't think you don't think teams are going to attack this issue now? Because now you're telling me he will be wearing a knee brace the entire game against Washington. Right. So you're telling me that, that teams are not going to 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 add this to the repertoire of how they're going to offend uh defend against Jalen, how they're going to blitz the angles in which they take the blitz. If we notice him running slower this way instead of this way we send a guy this way to force him back that way and vice versa see all of these little things when you when you're a defense and you're playing a high powered offense like the eagles you're looking for every advantage possible to try to attack this man because you've got to you've got to control the head of the dragon before you can control the entire dragon and if you can control jalen hurts and we've seen his game we've talked about it every week his game is not what we thought it would be you know, now we have a little bit more intel in terms of how we're going to try to scheme against it. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. I get anything else uh, on along that front. I will, uh, I'll pass it along. So we're looking at a second straight week of Tyson Bajent, the, uh, the rookie out of Shepherd university division two, uh, because Justin Fields still isn't ready. Uh, they're calling it week to week, but making progress, but he's not there yet, uh, with that thumb. Uh, so Bajan won last week in, in his in his uh, his debut. That's where they are. I liked when he took off on one run and he gets up and the crowd's cheering him and he's doing like this, like bringing up. This kid seems a little cocky. He's got yeah, he's got he, he's got a little edge. He's yeah. he definitely got a little edge. He's not afraid. Yeah. What you need to play in a position at that level, you oh, got yeah. To. yeah. No, I yeah. like I like I like his little swag. I haven't seen a whole lot of him, but I like what I've seen of him so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's well. Look, any way you slice it, it's a fascinating story. You know that a guy who goes from D two, not you know, just making a team, let alone, you know what, what that ended up being. Uh, Chris Godwin will be good to go Thursday. It is a game time decision right now with Vita Vea. Uh, the Thursday matchup this week is the Buccaneers and the Bills. That game's in Buffalo, of course. Buffalo coming off that 
you know, that bad loss. They're now four and three, Tampa Bay three and three. Tampa needs every game they can get because they're in that, that division's yep. pretty tightly contested in the, yep. uh, in the South, a- NFC South. Mm. Yeah. Hey, like I said, a losing record might win that division, eight, nine or nine and eight might win that division. And, you know, Tampa, Tampa's right there. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not out of the question. I mean, if you look at it right now, Atlanta's four and three, Tampa's yeah. three and three, New Orleans is three and four. And I think, you know, you could make a case for any any one of those three winning that division. Yes. You, you know, absolutely. I'm still waiting for the Saints to get it right. They're often their defense has held them in games. Their offense is nowhere near. Derek Carr and the receivers are not on the same page yet. You know, no. And we saw how animated he was this last game on the you know, you, you know, pointing at receivers, yelling at receivers, you know, not running the right routes or Timing routes, the ball's in one spot, the receiver's in the other spot. I can't believe it's still that inconsistent at this stage of the season. That's what you had training camp for, to get this stuff ironed out. Yeah. He was I even mean, yelling at Chris Olave at one point. Yeah, I mean, like, my thing is, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of that stuff with Derek Carr. And, and you're not that great, man. You know? You're not. You're not, the, not that great to be done. Like, his numbers no. stink. Yeah. He's got six yeah. touchdowns, four interceptions. Wow. He's got an 82 passer rating, and, he, and he's completing 63.9, man. Like, how about you step your game up? And he, his average yard per completion is 6.3. He hasn't done anything either. Now, but, but, but if his receivers are not where they're supposed to be. Yeah, I hear you. I that, hear you know, that's a big part of the problem. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it could be. All right, let's, uh, let, let's look at this, uh, Gunner. Coaches on the hot seat. Coaches on the hot seat here. Uh, I came up with a few. You tell me, I, let me throw mine at you. You tell me if I'm missing anything obvious or if you don't think they belong on the list. Okay. Uh, I have Ron Rivera. Okay. I have Mike Vrabel. Okay. I have Josh McDaniels in Vegas. I have Brandon Staley in LA. I have Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Now I know some people may debate that. I have Matt Everflus in Chicago, and I have Dennis Allen, speaking of, in New Orleans. Am I missing anybody? Is there anybody there that you necessarily disagree with? Yeah, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay? I didn't. Now, Tone brought him up in the in the show meeting. Why don't you – yeah, why don't, we, why don't we dig into that a little bit? Matt LaFleur, first three seasons in Green Bay with future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers, posted – Three consecutive 13-win seasons, they have nothing to show for it, okay? Which 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 lends me to believe that all the stories that came out in the latter, latter tenure of Rodgers staying Green Bay, that he was changing a bunch of plays at the line of scrimmage, was 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 basically Rodgers calling the game and, and nixing whatever LaFleur was calling on the sidelines. Now we've seen LaFleur as a head coach without the likes of an Aaron Rodgers with the with the, with a fourth year quarterback, but let's face it, he's a rookie quarterback. He hadn't had any starts. But their offense, see, I think this is twofold. The organization did a horrible job in terms of surrounding this young quarterback with better per- personnel, offensive line, wide receivers. The running backs take care of themselves with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yep. But they did a poor job. The offensive line has been a mess for Green Bay. And the wide receivers are – their three primary wide receivers are rookies or second-year receivers. And you got a rookie quarterback throwing two inexperienced talent at, at the skill position spots. It's not going to work in the National Football League right away. It's not going to be clean, not going to be smooth. But the offense is bland. People are screaming in Green Bay and State of Wisconsin about how bland the offense is. No imagination to it. You know, lacks motion, lacks creativity. Um 
Green Bay fans and management are loyal to a fault, kind of like the Steelers, loyal to a fault. Mm-hmm. They, they they kept Mike McCarthy around two year, uh, too long because he won the Super Bowl for him in 2010. They kept him around one year too long, and they finally got rid of him before a season concluded a couple of seasons after that. And I think Green Bay is going to fall in the same pattern with Matt LaFleur, which is interesting because he comes from the Kyle Shanahan tree yeah. of offense. They, they work together. So, but you look at the creativity of a Shanahan offense compared to what LaFleur has, it's night and day different. And so I think the Packers brain trust has to look at this long and hard about was LaFleur the right coach because of what he sold us at, at the meetings when we, you know, we met with him to decide on who we were going to hire or is this the true Matt LaFleur? And if mm-hmm. so, we need to change this sooner rather than later while we still have Jordan Love in the developmental stages to get him a quarterback-minded guru who can bring out the best name. Jordan, Jordan Love's completing like 55, 50%, 56% of his passes. Yeah. You're not going to win many games no, like that. That's a terrible number. Yeah, it's a terrible yeah. number. You know. Yeah. All right, so you would put LaFleur in there. Any of the Vrabel, Rivera, McDaniel, Staley, McCarthy, Eberflus, Allen, I disagree with any of that, would you add anybody uh, into uh, that mix? I wouldn't add anybody, but look at Eberflus. Um, if you had asked me that question a couple of weeks ago, I would have said he's on, he's in the guillotine right now. They're just waiting to pull the lever, and they yeah. may do it. If, if, the, if Chicago kept going down downward, then they may pull the lever. But you're starting to see him play a little bit better. Yep. Now, I'm not going to say that he can get them in playoff contention because I don't think they have the talent to do that. But let's say they ended up having a winning record. Are you going to fire Eberflus? Because you didn't give him a whole lot to work with. You gave him a rookie quarterback. You didn't he give took him over garbage. Yeah, he took over way. garbage. Yeah. So is this all on him? No. So I think he might be able to survive. I think when you start a coaches on the hot seat, you have to start with Ron Rivera. He's had more than enough time in Washington to turn that thing around. His first year, he won the division with a losing record. Hasn't had much success since that, you know. Um, I understand it's not it's not his fault they haven't found a quarterback. They've had a carousel of quarterbacks since he's been there. Yep. Okay. Um, and you can't find the right quarterback, you're you're fighting at a deficit to begin with. Now, it's the Sam Howell. Sam Howell has a lot of talent, but look at the duress he's under. The offensive line is 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 atrocious. Awful. Is, is yep. that on Rivera or is that on the organization for not doing a better job in the offseason of fixing that problem? But because this Washington team is now going in a new direction, they're trying to get as far away from that Daniel Snyder uh, regime as possible. Somebody could be the fall guy. It ain't going to be anybody at the top. So who's the next fall guy? Your head coach. So I think he's first and forefront. I think Dennis Allen is a close second. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, without you make the move to get Carr, and it looks like this. Yep. You know, he's. Yep. Yeah, he's out. Um. You know, I, I would say Vrabel is very up in the air. They love him there. That's up in the air. Staley's a goner. McCarthy's up in the air because Jerry's Jerry. Yep. Uh, Rivera's a goner. Dennis Allen be a goner. Yeah, I, I think there's a few that are locks. There's other ones that could go either way. And a lot of it depends on how that season. Like, let's say the Bears win their last four and field starts developing. Then I think Eberflu saves his job. You know, I think if if if... Jordan Love all of a sudden figures it out. The offense starts to click. Green Bay makes it kind of competitive. 
to close out the year, then I think LaFleur might survive. Some of this, you, yep. you're really at the mercy of how these games, these years finish for yep. a lot of these guys. Uh, that's for sure. Um, all right. So uh, beyond. I will, say, I, will, I will say this. I will say yeah. this about, um, I mean, who's the name you just, one of the names you, oh, Vrabel. Our guest we had on yesterday, uh, Tennis uh, McCormick. Terry McCormick. Yeah, Terry McCormick. Tennessee. Uh, before listening to him, I thought Vrabel was, was a dead man walking. Right. He said, he came out and said he doesn't see it. He's been covering the team since 1997. He came out and basically said he doesn't see it that way because of the situation there. Yeah. You know, so he feels that Vrabel would be given, not just because the, 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 the organization and the city loves Vrabel, but because of what he's had to deal with and the personnel he has, he would get a season beyond this. So I have to take Terry for his word. He would know better than we do on the outside looking in. So maybe Vrabel's not as much on that hot seat as the, some of these other guys are. Yeah, maybe. I, I'll tell you, it, it was very weird. Did you – they added Vrabel. I think they added him to the Ring of Honor in, in yeah. New England. Tennessee uh, didn't play Sunday <laughs> this weekend. And right. they, they added him to the um, – to the ring of honor. Did you see this? So, you know, he's there, he's in, you know, like a Patriot jacket and he sat in the owner's box with Kraft and watched the game. That's a very weird look for a, a coach of another team in the same conference. In, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about doing that. I understand Vrabel is loved by the Patriots organization. He was a heck of a player when he played, but that's a bad look. You know, and not too many people. When you look at social media, not too many people are making waves about it. No, um, I, I was surprised. Like that—that's another example. If it's here, people are losing their minds over. It. Yes, but but not there. It's, it's like it's like Josh Allen buying the Commanders. You know, people yeah. here are going nuts over this. Um, you own the Seventy Sixers, but you buy a competitor in the NFC East. But there, it's like, eh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Weird man. <laughs> It's very weird. I don't know. All right. Maybe. And then sometimes I'm thinking to myself, am I just that nuts? Like nobody else thinks this is a big deal, but me, probably the answer is yes. All right. Well, you are nuts. I, I know. I, I, that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll come back. Uh, we'll hit a couple, uh, a couple Sixers things, a couple NBA things, Derek, well, maybe revisit Harden uh, flyers last night in Vegas. I'll give you a couple other odds and ends that we'll do. And then it'll be birthdays and then it'll be movies. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll keep it rolling. So he's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. All right, let's talk about blocks. Yes, B-L-O-C-S. All right, did you know that you could spend your PA tax dollars more efficiently? You could fund a scholarship for a student in need and get a 90% tax credit refund. Yes, blocks. B-L-O-C-S is the largest scholarship organization in Pennsylvania. They have raised $110 million in scholarship dollars this last year all awarded to families who qualify for tuition assistance. They've awarded more than 17,000 need-based scholarships annually. Uh, you can direct your scholarship donation to any private or Catholic, Catholic school in Pennsylvania. Participation in the program is simple, only takes a few minutes. You send your check to Blocks, and they will do the rest. Blocks, B-L-O-C-S dot org slash tax credit. Blocks dot org slash tax credit. For more information, development officers are standing by to answer any questions that you may have. Average HHI of blocks recipients, 55,000. Uh, demand for tuition assistance outpaces the supply of tax credit scholarships by nearly three to one. There is little to no pocket uh, out-of-pocket cost to participate. For a few hundred dollars, you can fund a child's full year tuition to a Catholic or private school. 
Blacks graduates, 99% of their recipients, 60 versus 64% of the Philadelphia public schools. 96 cents of every dollar raised by blocks goes directly into, or 96 cents of every dollar raised uh, by blocks goes directly into the hands of a family who qualifies for tuition assistance and can be only used for scholarships and tuition. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we're back. Final segment of the show. That's the gun. I'm Rob Ellis. We're hanging out with you on this Tuesday. All right. So a couple Wednesday, a couple things here, Gunner. If you missed earlier, so James Harden did report to the Sixers uh, with the intent to practice and play tomorrow in Milwaukee. The Sixers told him, uh, thanks, but no thanks. You're not traveling with the team uh, for the game Wednesday or Saturday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday is in Milwaukee. Saturday is in Toronto. The Sixers want him to ramp up, get, I guess, back in sort of game shape, if you will, and then potentially play on Sunday. 
uh, against the uh, when they get back, when they come back here. Um, where do you think this goes? I'll just ask you right now. Like, where where, where do you think this is headed here with well, them and him? I, I wish <clears throat> I wish I wish I could tell you uh, in all honesty. Um, I, I, I This is an unusual situation. Because James Harden has the Sixers over a barrel. Um, he's basically helped kill any trade market that the Sixers could get back v- decent value for him. Um, they may have to just trade him and get what they can just to get him out of their hair, which is going to make them look bad and will be critiqued unfairly by the national and local pundits who cover this team. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Or he may be stuck here a lot longer than they want. And all he has to do is show up. Even if they don't play him, all he has to do is show up and he's still getting paid. So this, this is a this is tough. You know, for this team to be caught between a rock and a hard place like this, especially when you have a new head coach trying to go in a new direction. You don't have a roster that is a wow roster. You have the best center in the game, but let's face it, today's NBA is not it's not focused around a center anymore. It's all a perimeter game. And you look at their perimeter game. Are you impressed with their collection of perimeter shooters? No. no. So they're caught between a rock and a hard place in a lot of cases. Uh, uh, man. Yeah, I, I look, I let me let me just say I agree with you. I, I think that he's back because he doesn't want to get fined game checks. Um, I think that he will not just play and try to be a good teammate. I think there's going to be leaks put out in the media. I think there's going to be a bunch of stuff that happens along the way. I think that the, the, the one who's really, un, there's two guys I, I feel, I really feel for during this. Yep. One is Nick nurse. Nick nurse just kind of walked into all this mess. And the other one is, is Embiid because Embiid's going to get to the point where he's like, dude, it's hard enough winning games in this league. I, I'm dealing with all of this other stuff on the side. And I, I fear it may drive him out of here at some point where he wants to, to play somewhere else. Um, w- wouldn't you at this point? Yeah, haven't you had, haven't you had enough? I, I I would not blame him. I would. I mean, I really would. You, you can only him. go so far, you yeah. know. Uh, did you catch any of the uh, action last night? So you had the Nuggets beating the Lakers. Uh, apparently, LeBron's on a minutes limit the whole year. Did you see Why? this? Why? Because well, he's thirty nine, and they're they're worried about him getting to the finish line. Apparently. Well, I mean, dude, you're 39, still playing with these gazelles and these young gazelles, athletic gazelles in the NBA. Yeah. Well, LeBron, obviously, when he was in his heyday, you know, the man was unstoppable. But, you know, you look at the Lakers offense, it doesn't just filter through him now. He's still a force to be reckoned with, but reckoned with, but he's 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 not that end-to-end dominant player, you know. Yeah. So for them to want to control his minutes and limit his minutes. I'm not surprised because he's still a valuable asset. If this team, Lakers team, gets to the playoffs because of his playoff savvy and what he brings to the table, yes, he's still a valuable asset asset in the second season. Mm-hmm. So them trying to reduce the factor of him getting hurt uh, and getting to the finish line, I'm not surprised by. Okay. Uh, the So the Nuggets win. They got the rings and all that kind of stuff, had the trophy ceremony. The Suns beat the Warriors uh, last night. Suns are going to be an interesting team, and they did that without Bradley Beal. But they're they're going to be an interesting team to keep your eye on here. With, you know, with Durant and Booker and Beal. Um, but yeah, so they ended up winning, and they uh, they beat uh, Steph Curry and crew uh, there. 
So Dwight Howard, uh, former Sixer, has denied sexual assault and battery allegations filed against him earlier this year and asked the court to dismiss a civil lawsuit he is facing in Georgia. Um, in court documents obtained by ESPN, Howard said Monday that he engaged in consensual activity. Oh, consensual activity with a man named Stephen Harper during 2021 encounter at, at his residence. Denied he caused any injury to Harper. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I don't know. You, you know, with these things, you got to let them play out, and you never know what's going to happen. So, uh, nope, nope, no comment. We'll just leave it at that. All right, moving on. Um, so the Sixers play tomorrow. They are in Milwaukee. It'll be the first time we get to see uh, Giannis and Dame together. Now, I know you're a Bucks fan, but I do want to ask you this. Yep. Because you've been pretty clear. I, did you still have Boston ahead of them or no? Where, where are I you at? Boston, I had Boston slightly ahead of them. Do yes. you still feel that way even after the, the Dame thing? Yes. Okay. Still feel that way. Okay. I think, I think you know, you, you got to give up something to get something. I hate seeing Drew Holiday in a Boston uniform. Okay. Because I do too. Though, I think the guy, I think he's a phenomenal player, and he does, he's a glue guy. And, and even though Boston lost Marcus Smart, getting Drew Holiday as a replacement to me is a plus because of what he can do on both ends of the court. He's been a defensive player of the year. The dude's thirty three years old. He's still at the top of his game playing defense. Yeah. You know? Um. And and that, that's like this. Now Boston still has their shooters, um. And I just think as a cohesive unit, they're a little bit tougher than Milwaukee. Now, obviously. You know, Milwaukee was the number one seed this past season, but they bowed out in the first round because Giannis missed X amount of games with that ankle injury he had. They never could recover. I think Boston is just a little bit more tenacious in that regard. Right. Um, and, and I and I, I still, as I sit here today, I still have Boston slightly ahead of Milwaukee. Yes, Milwaukee still has Chris Middleton coming back. You still have Lopez. Milwaukee's a big team, one of the bigger teams height-wise in the NBA. Yep. Um, you got a seven-footer. In Lopez, that can get knocked down to three at any given moment. But I just think in terms of offensive flow, Jason Tatum is one to me one of the best assassins in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I just like Boston a little bit better overall. Oh, did that pain me to say that? Well, oh. I, here, here's where I'm at with this. So I think a lot of Boston's success is going to hinge on Porzingis, and I don't I don't trust him to stay healthy. And if he doesn't stay healthy. Then I'm going, I'm leaning towards, I'm not leaning. I'm going Milwaukee all day. So I'm going to go Milwaukee simply because I don't believe Porzingis does stay healthy. And even with the Drew Holiday addition, I think they take, they lost. Marcus Smart was a real heart and soul kind of guy for them. That's a big loss. Yeah, it is. Big loss. You replaced him with a player equal his caliber. See, if you just lost Smart and not replaced him with a caliber like a Drew Holiday, I might have leaned towards Milwaukee, but you get Drew Holiday to replace him. Yeah. And his leadership skills are impeccable. Yeah. You know, what he I does see. on the court and what he does off the court. Yeah. That was a big that was a big plus for Boston again. Yeah, it was. That was a huge get. That was a huge get by them. Chris D. We haven't seen Chris D in a little bit. What's up, Chris? Oh. D? Chris D. Hey, yo. Yeah, she's hurting a little bit. I know. Still watch all the podcasts, post-game shows, so I'm up to date. I'm depressed. Except the birds are number one in the NFC. Well said. Well said, Chris D. We we feel like everybody's sort of like a little, you know, kind of get, try to get out of the weeds here today, right? I mean, I think it's one of those deals, um, you know, for sure. Um, Boston's success on Porzingis, that's kind of funny. Well, I what I mean by that, uh, I'm not really sure what's funny about it, but what I mean by that is uh, considering how much they're trying to sort of like become more of an offensive team and his injury history, 
I just don't buy it. I'm not a big Porzingis guy at this point in his career. I'm not either. That's uh, it's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, beyond that, uh, Craig Council is going to interview for the Mets job. Derek, he will be. Looks like he might be leaving your Brewers. Yep. That, that that's been kind of the. He was in the last year of his deal. That's not a big surprise, right? That Milwaukee's kind of. It feels like he might be just ready to move on at that at, from there. I think he's, I think his mindset has to be it's run its course and he sees it. Milwaukee will never be one of those teams like a Mets, like a Phillies, like a Dodgers, where you have open bank account and they will go out and get anything. Milwaukee is very meticulous in terms of how they spend their money in baseball players. Their their um their um um overall finances were not that much higher than than Arizona's yeah. when you think about it. The Milwaukee is based on who can we develop in our farm system and can we get a middle-of-the-road player who can help us? And that's exactly what they did. They picked up a 37-year-old outfielder who, you know, they needed some pop in the bats. He went out. You know, the pitching staff is not going to gouge you in terms of finances. Uh, and he still had the best ERA in Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think, I think the manager at this point, because it was interesting when he put off talks, they were talking during the season about extension. He goes, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about that now. Right. I think he wanted to see where this team goes. And on top of that, council finally realized that I don't know if I can go much farther with the nucleus of players that I have with the limited commitment to finances that this team has. And that's one thing he won't have with the Mets. You're going to have a lot of headaches. You're in, you're going to be in a, a New York market. They're going to, he didn't accept this by the way yet, but if he does, they they'll back up the Brinks truck and he's probably going to at least triple his salary from what he was making with the Brewers. The the owner of the Mets spent 500 million this off season. Yep. It didn't work out. If I'm a manager who thinks I could I could take my managerial skills to the next level with the right ownership, the right amount of money, and the right personnel, why wouldn't you go to the Mets? Why wouldn't you? Right. Uh, looks like Frank Clark, Derek, uh, headed to Seattle. Just got to pass the physical, and he's in. Ooh. Yeah. Good addition by the by the Seahawks. Ooh, that's a good addition for the Seahawks. Yep. He didn't pay it out. Didn't pay it out. He passed his physical, so that's done. That's a done deal. And, and he couldn't play for Sean Payton in Denver. I, you know, I, I don't know what I don't. I'm not sure what the objective is now. Now Denver won this week; they did, uh, but I don't know what they're up to. <laughs> I guess they're selling. Wow. They're kind of selling. Uh, you wonder if one of the wideouts is going to be going at some point. But wow. I don't know. Tough to get a handle on that on that mess, right? That's for sure. Uh, my, the last last one here, uh, Bob Melvin will be jumping from the Padres to the Giants to be their manager. Mm. Yeah. So you remember he had a lot of success with the A's. Yep. He went to the Padres. Uh, yep. they, they've underachieved uh, to an extent. Like the Chargers. Like the Chargers. Yeah. And now he's going to the Giants. And he's, he's from the Bay Area, too. So. And, and I think all the Giants, the Giants have the nucleus. They have the pitching. They have the, they have the roster. I think they need the right manager. And I think he might be the right guy to turn it around. Yeah. You know, Giants, Giants for the much of the season were in the playoff picture, and all of a sudden they just faded down the stretch. Yeah. Yep. But I do believe the Giants, with the right person leading them and, 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 and browbeating them, they're going to be in the thick of things next year. No question. All right, let's do some birthdays. Ready to do some birthdays? Tell Bird. me when you are fully prepared, D-Gun. I will let's do it. All right. Katy Perry, the singer, uh, is 39 years old today. Strong. Very, very strong. Um, the great Pablo, maybe it, maybe the goat, 
Pablo Picasso, Derek, was born on this day in 1881. Dude, his paintings still to this day sell for millions. It's amazing how much money somebody's made off of him after his death instead of his life. Now, back then, in the 1800s, when he was born, obviously, they, they weren't spending that kind of money. Money right. that could have been the equivalent. But, you know, that always happens with famous painters. And when famous you die, your, your your stock goes way up. Yep, and you wonder, exactly. Who who inherits who inherits all of this? I don't know, man. His relatives are loving life, I guess. Oh man, I don't know. If Pablo had a had a will or how any of that works, man. But yeah, not, not just relatives, but but third generation descendants. Oh, please, man. Yes, oh, everybody still getting paid off of off of great grandpa, great 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 grandpa, whatever. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, he is. It's amazing what he still does. All right, Craig Robinson, uh, the actor, very funny guy. The Office. You see him in commercials all the time. He's fifty two. Yep. Uh, John Matuzak, remember John Matuzak of the uh, of the Raiders back in from the day Oak, from Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Yes, yes, yeah. He was born on this day. Died very young. Obviously, uh, was born on this day, nineteen fifty. Marion Ross, who played Mrs. C on Happy Days, uh, yep. was born on this day, nineteen twenty eight. She's ninety five. She's still with us. Oh, she's still she's still she's still alive. Wow. She's okay. With us. Yeah. Okay. Good for her, man. Good for her. That's awesome. Uh, Chad Smith, who's the drummer of, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Peppers. Yeah. Yep. He's 62. Um, Tracy Nelson, uh, who is the actress and, and she's the daughter of the, you know, the, uh, the Ricky Nelson and the Nelson yep. family, famous yep. Nelson. She's 61. Brian Kelly, formerly Notre Dame head coach, now LSU. Bob Knight, Bob Knight, the general is 60 yep. is 83, 83 years old today. Adam Goldberg, the actor, is 53 years old. Minnie Pearl, oh. the old singer and actress, born on this day, 1912. Juan she was, Soto. He was yes. one of my favorites on the show, Hee Haw, back in the he day. He always had the, uh, the, 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 the tag on the hat. Yeah, yeah. Had, had, had the country straw hat on with the tag hanging off of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Juan Soto's 25 today. The great wrestler and wrestling coach, Dan Gable, yep. is 75 years old. Billy Barty, the old actor, was born on this day in 1925. Helen Reddy, the singer, born on this day in 1941. Pedro, Pedro Martinez, yep. 52 years old today for the Hall of Famer. Dave Cowens, excellent NBA career, 75 yep. years old today. Jack Kent Cook, who not only owned the Redskins, but at one point owned the Lakers as well, uh, was born on this day in 1912. Not, not only that, he owned uh, L.A. Wolves uh, soccer team. He owned the L.A. Kings at one point. Yep. He yep. developed the L.A. Forum, which became the showplace of NBA games. And he also was uh, 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 designed in the FedEx field, which was called Jack Kent Cook Stadium. Shortly after he died, the stadium was named. And, of course, now it was FedEx field. But right. he developed both of those stadiums. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah he, that's that's what a man. What a, what a career he had. Jack Haley Jr., who was in the the Wizard of Oz, among other yep. movies, uh, was born on this day in 1933. His son Jack Jr., I guess, or the third, uh, played uh, in the NBA. In fact, mm. um, what else? That's all I have. Movies or, or uh, birthdays? What else do you have? Uh, the singer Sierra uh, Mrs. Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Yep, 38 today. Uh, Nancy Cartwright. Believe it or not, Nancy Cartwright is the voice. Of Bart Simpson. Yeah. Yep. Isn't that, it's funny. She's, she's yeah, one of the great voiceover people ever. Yes. Won yeah. numerous awards for voiceover. She's 66 today. 
Uh, let's see who else did I miss on this list here. We have John uh, Jonathan Abram, former first round pick of the Raiders, now playing for the Saints. The safety mm-hmm. is twenty seven. The great NBA player and ABA player Dan Issel is seventy five oh, today. Very good player. Uh, Samantha B, comedian and actress, is fifty four today. Uh, Pat Friermuth, uh, Friermuth, the tight end for the Steelers, is twenty five. Another great L, uh, NBA slash ABA player, Zelmo Beatty. Remember that name? Great name. Zelmo Beatty was born on this day in 1939. Okay. Uh, quarterback Gifford Nielsen was born on uh, – he's 69 today. Yep. Uh, Michael Weston, who plays on the show Six Feet Under Scrubs and Coyote Ugly in a movie, is 50. And Lee McPhail was a baseball executive for 45 years, was born on this day in 1917. Andy McPhail's dad, who was a yep. former longtime front office guy, also with the Phillies. All right, movies, 1978, the original. This one was a great one, the original Halloween. That one I agree with you. 100%. I would watch it. Uh, you know, uh, we talked about yesterday, uh, some of these things, the horror stuff gets out of control. I would watch Halloween all day long. Great movie. Yes. Uh, Curly Sue, 1991, very cute, cute, cute. movie. Ghost Ship, 2002, yep. good one. Bad Grandpa, 2013, paid in full. Yep. Yeah, paid in full was very good as well. Two thousand two, uh, for paid in full. You got any any other movies that I am missing here, Degun? Uh, Camelot, nineteen sixty seven, High School High, nineteen ninety six, The Black and Blue, two thousand nineteen, and Countdown, also two thousand nineteen. Okay, all right. Uh, so tomorrow we'll get you set for the Sixers, uh, who kick things off. We will certainly dig further into Washington and the Eagles, which you know it, you, you get that one. You yep. set yourself up pretty nicely for the uh, for the Cowboys the following week, so we will get more into that, and I'm sure we'll we'll have some more on. You know, the Phillies have some decisions to make, Derek. We didn't really have time to get into it today, but you know, what do you do with Nola? Uh, I think I think we know what they're going to do with Kimbrel, but there's a couple other guys that are going to have to make decisions. Reese Hoskins, some guys are going to have to make decisions on. So we will do all of that uh, tomorrow. All right, want to thank everybody, everybody in the chat. Great job. Uh, we do appreciate you guys um, for sure. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. Guys are the best. Uh, I want to thank our guy Tone, as always. Sharp dresser on Sills show for sure. Oh man, Elliot Ness. Oh man, I'm telling you, the hat, the whole nine, uh, the fedora, as they say. All right, uh, thanks to everybody for hanging. Don't go anywhere. You have the National Football Show with the aforementioned Dan Cilio and Tone. Tone will be popping on there as well, doing his thing. So Gunner, uh, looking forward to hanging with you tomorrow, my man. And looking yes, forward sir. to hanging out with everybody. Oh, Eric and I. Yeah, we'll be with you same bat time, same bat channel. See you tomorrow. Thanks.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.